I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. No, I am Dr. Future. You know, now I'm missing the middle names. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tom Bionic sitting over here next to me. Gentleman has snapped, probably because of the blockbuster guest we have this week on Future Quake. It's a new week, and we have an incredible guest this week. Uh, It's going to really stir the pot. Probably a lot of people are going to uh, burn their radios. There'll be uh, riots in the streets over the show. Uh, Maybe. It's it's the kind of thing that disturbs a lot of people, but that's the kind of stuff we do in Future Quake. In all seriousness, I think this is going to be a show that if people really sit and discern Mm -hmm. and be serious about this and are willing to look up some of the uh, assertions made, assertions. Assertions or assertions? Assertions, Tom Bionic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, If they're going to look this up, then uh, they're going to – this is going to be one of the saddest shows that maybe they've ever – Well, it'll turn a corner. They may look at their Christianity differently. Particularly some listening in our local audience in Nashville mm-hmm. who uh, have followed a lot of leaders, and maybe we're, we we see more in it than other people do. But I think if people listen to this and think about it, it'll completely look at things through a different lens. Yeah. Uh, this is we're talking about Constance Cumby, who is an investigator and author of a very famous earth-shaking book back in the early 80s called The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, which was one of the first exposés on the New Age movement from a Christian perspective. And she's going to talk about the infiltration of New Age influences in the upper echelons of the evangelical community. Wow. So we're talking about really it, it working amongst our men. It's just like you read in the, the Old Testament wolf where you had idolatry. Clothing, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, it's really it's, 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 it's one of the saddest things. Of all the dark things that we've talked about, this is one of the most disturbing things that we've ever had to cover. Well... But we need to go because let's, we let's need to introduce to her because yeah. we've got a lot to talk about this week. So no further ado, this is Miss Constance Cumby uh, talking about the infiltration of New Age into the church. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Can't wait to do this cool interview. Bionic. Well, and we do have a wonderful interview Indeed. with uh, someone who is a legend in the field of the kind of topics that we cover here on Future Quake and have covered for years. Mm-hmm. Someone who I'm really excited to finally get a chance to meet and to talk with. Uh, we are visiting today with Constance Cumby, who is an investigator and author of numerous books, including uh, the very famous uh, book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. And we're going to talk about a very provocative title, even for future quake standards, uh, a, a topic called The Infiltration of New Age Influences in the Upper Echelons of the Evangelical Community. And I just want to tell you, Mrs. Cumby, it is quite an honor to have you present for your inaugural visit to the Future Quake Show. Thank you. Well, well, quite an opportunity to um, have the opportunity. <laughs> well, thank you for being nice. It, it, it's hard to say that very sincerely when you know yeah. at a little show like Future Quake here with, with the places that you get around, but I, I appreciate your graciousness mm-hmm. with us for that and uh, spending some of your extremely valuable time here, not only in your regular profession, in, in the legal profession, but also because of all your provocative investigative work that you continue to do uh, for the body of Christ and also uh, your, your your own media and radio work that you do as well. You know, your work and your Watchman ministry has had a profound 
impact on my Christian walk personally, and we'll, we'll discuss that in just a minute. But, but to begin our very important discussion today, because we've got a lot to cover today, would you please share with our audience, who for some reason may not be familiar with you, a very brief summary about your background and credentials? Well, I'm an attorney by profession. I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I've been in Michigan most of my adult life. Uh, and in 1981, I stumbled onto what I discovered was called the New Age Movement and realized I just couldn't, in good conscience, remain silent of it. on it. And I remember saying to myself, when I made these discoveries, political suicide, professional suicide, political suicide, <laughs> professional suicide, because I felt that probably the end, uh, for all practical purposes, of both of those budding careers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I undertook it, and uh, I've, uh, it's, it's been ba- basically a very long, grimy, nasty war. I don't know how else to characterize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, while you've conducted your career, and your career has, uh, uh, even though it's been stellar in the legal profession, um, my understanding is that uh, some very famous people, even in the political realms, that you, you've been able to serve, in concert yeah. with them, but but you have made a dedication uh, rather than just to put all your energies into reaching the zenith of your particular career, the profession you've chosen, but to serve the body of Christ and use your skills on something that you felt like was going to be critically important in something that evidently was being underserved uh, as far as watchmen within the church itself. Uh, why did you decide to study and invest so much time in exposing the New Age movement. Why Why did that grab you so much versus everything else going on in the world that you just poured yourself into that over the last quarter century or so? Well, it's it, uh, when I stumbled onto it, I was, at first I was in shock as to what I was finding. Then I tried quite honestly to hand it to other people, including a minister, and basically I got patted on the head, but not much got done with it. And I was also looking for a good book I could read to explain the obvious. And no book seemed to exist. And I just felt like basically I was watching a fire, and it would be irresponsible of me not to pull the fire alarm. Wow. So uh, you, you saw it as an emergency, basically. Oh, yes. In fact, when I first saw it, they were gearing up very openly very strongly, um, very methodically for 1982. And Mm -hmm. they honestly thought they would pull it off. Uh, I don't know if you remember Old Saturday Review, uh, Norman Cousins, the famous literary magazine. Mm -hmm. And he and Donald Keyes were uh, working in concert on this, and they had released a book in 1982, and they said that so far... The New Age movement had failed to, uh, that no opposition had developed. It had failed to deliver a backlash. Uh, here's the exact quote he said. We mentioned earlier how the dominant straight society has apparently not recognized the strength and pervasiveness of the new consciousness culture. So perhaps this is just as well as so far a polarization between the old culture and the new one has been avoided. If the New Age movement does become a target of alarm forces and defenders of the status quo ante, however, it will offer a widely dispersed and decentralized target, very hard to identify and impossible to dissuade or subvert from its life-serving values. 
And uh, with that going down, with that type of confidence going down, uh, they were uh, they were running, planning on running full-page ads saying the Christ is now here, spending mm-hmm. half a million dollars on an advertising campaign. Had been holding conferences on the, on it since 1967. Since 1975, they had gone public with their declared agenda, and they were confident in 1982 they were going to pull it off. And somebody had to say something, or they just might have pulled it off. Mm, wow. Well, and if I remember, uh, Benjamin Cram back around those days was uh, moving full steam ahead, and they did run some full-page ads of the like, and they had also been working throughout the United Nations, David Spangler and others, for a lengthy period of time. Well, the same uh, Donald Keyes, the same Donald Keyes who uh, wrote what I just read to you, uh, gave a speech, and he said he had started many a trend at the United Nations. And he said, here's how you start a trend at the United Nations. He said, first of all, you write a speech for one ambassador. He said, then you write a speech for the second ambassador, thanking the first ambassador for the speech he just wrote. And I know I toyed with the idea for a little while of running up to the U.N. and volunteering my services as a speech writer. Right. (laughs) I thought maybe two could play that game. Sure, sure. Well, you know, that's, that's what is unique about you in the body of Christ, if I could provide a little commentary here. Uh, I, I was referring to my co-host here before we got on the interview here that I sort of saw you as a, as a, as a bulldog in the kingdom, and I mean that in a very complimentary way, mm-hmm. uh, in that there are times when you need a bulldog in the body of Christ in the Lord's work, and uh, sometimes it rubs some people the wrong way. And I know there's uh, there's some people uh, serving in the body who... Uh, you know, have have gotten a little miffed by some of the things you said and cut a little close on some things or maybe your style or whatever. But it seems like a lot of these kind of things you picked up and did because everybody else was sitting on their hands. Well, generally that, ignorant. that may have been part of it. And then I'm sorry to say it, but the corruption was much deeper in the body of Christ than I had any guess at the time. And I'm thinking that probably the truth was a thousand times worse than I ever suspected. And B, they thought I knew a thousand times more than I really did. <laughs> yeah, and it's we're we're kind of coming to the same conclusion here at uh, FutureQuake. Yeah, unfortunately. we're in our fifth year on the air here, and we're on a station that reaches a lot of the mainstream leadership here in Nashville, from denominations, universities, mm-hmm. even the major bookstores and, and publishing houses in Christian world. And, and we try to be a little beacon of sharing information that is sort of scrubbed out and doesn't make its way through Christian radio. And we have to tip our hat to our station, WNO, for, for giving us this forum to be able to provide this information to get yeah. food for thought. Uh, for some of these people in the leadership who don't even know some of this information, like we'll cover today, and then some of the rank and file in the body of Christ who need to be informed and maybe have not come across it on the Internet or even know to look for it. And you know, your book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, which which I believe was published around 1983, I, yeah. perceive, I perceive as being the real original expose on the New Age movement. I know some people might dispute that. Uh, from a Christian perspective, uh, it played a pivotal role in my personal life, and it, and it, it just one incident it helped really? my, my yeah it helped myself and a, and another Christian brother of mine to understand what was going on with a group on campus at the time I was in in college uh, called the Hunger Project 
yeah. that was available on campus, and the name rang a bell with some of the information that you and people like Dave Hunt and others had talked about, and uh, appeared. And so we started investigating it, went to some meetings, and we found out it had very, very little to do with hunger, and it was all about some spiritual convergence, including meditation and other things that they were doing. And it just felt like the light bulb came on in my head, having seen that these things were going on. You know, it was back in the 70s when I became aware through books like The Late Great Planet Earth and things that God was doing something, bringing us to an end of an age. And it was really refreshing, uh, having raised up and grown up in the church in a regular uh, evangelical family. But then this next phase is when I see that things on the other side are going on, uh, that you and, and some others helped expose to realize the sense of urgency that, that I feel like is still there. You know, uh I feel like this book, as well as research of some other people like Dave Hunt and others as well, but predominantly yourself, really set back the progress of the New Age movement uh, in the church and in our culture by at least a decade or more. And there's not many people that I can make that claim about. Wow. Uh, what have you observed to be the impact to date of that particular book and the information inside it? Well, to this date, when many of the New Agers write about their serious opposition, I'm still about the only person who gets seriously mentioned. So it <laughs> must have had some impact. I picked up a book in 1993 by one Martin Palmer, who is a top advisor to British royalty, and I couldn't help but notice that the book looked very similar to mine on the formatting, and the book was called Coming of Age and uh, an exploration of Christianity in the New Age. And I, I saw it in the remainder shelf at Barnes & Noble and with 50% off lowest advertised price, and the lowest advertised price was 249 which is an insult to an author. But anyway, I picked up the book and some amazement saw that the author was a top advisor to Prince Philip and uh, mm. Queen Elizabeth. And... And I probably wasn't going to buy the book, and then I noticed that a good share of the book was about yours truly. Wow. And he um, he was quite perturbed, and he said he had spent so much ink on me because I was the first book that had come stable of Christianity and that one one considered my book had outsold the Aquarian Conspiracy by Marilyn Ferguson. Mm, then wow. it... Um, um, anyway, I got even with him with the, on the cheap on the Internet. I said, well, you know, since according <laughs> to my gospel, our Lord was born in a stable, I would take his uh, expression about that stable of Christianity as a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but, right. But, and then he accused me. I had quoted from that most dangerous of books, the book of Revelation. And uh, that was, uh, it was kind of disconcerting to think maybe you were being discussed in less than flattering terms at the palace. <laughs> but You but better watch out bringing out that book of Revelation because, you know, Department of Homeland Security now says that if you talk about end-time prophecies, you're, you're probably a right-wing extremist yeah. that uh, well, needs to be that, monitored. I think, I think we'd better prepare for that type of marginalization. I think sure. it's, Absolutely. it's coming. I think we held it off for a while. And now they're back on the march again, and the, I expect that this would increase. And I tell people, you'd better be used to being marginalized. You better develop a thick skin mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before you're drug off by the uh, by the heels off to the truck. Because yeah. now it's official policy uh, from the Department of Homeland Security down. Uh, it appears to me I, I, I want to jump right into the meat and potatoes of our of our discussion here because I know we've got a lot to cover. It appears to me that an organization that is having some of the greatest impact on society from a new age perspective is the Institute of Noetic Sciences. 
Uh, they pop up all the time in things that we uh, uh, study and discuss here on our show. Could you please explain who they are and what they are up to and how broad is their reach is into other organizations and powerful individuals? Yes, that's a very big that one was co-founded, I believe, in 1973 by Edgar Mitchell, astronaut, and Paul N. Temple. Mm-hmm. And they basically have devoted themselves to, uh, let me put it charitably, scientific ways to get possessed. That's a, that's a pretty good way to phrase it. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. I, I think they may even agree with that yeah. statement. Yeah, they might want to borrow that. I need yeah. to copyright that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's basically, they, they are trying to open doors or portals of yeah. human consciousness is the word that they would use instead of possession, but consciousness right. expansion. And interesting, now, they hired Willis Harmon, who was a key figure in New Age circles as their executive director. He ran the place. Paul Temple signed his paychecks. Paul Temple was an oil billionaire. And the interesting thing is that that Paul Temple was also a pivotal figure with the Prayer Breakfast Network in Washington, D.C., and had been since the 40s. And at that point, some of the opposition that I was receiving in the Christian world started to make a little bit more sense to me. <laughs> now, yeah. now, you know, you're going to rattle some cages here because we have a lot of mainstream Christians that th- they might accidentally be listening to our show because we're on the drive time when they're coming home from some of these mainstream okay. Christian ministries. Okay, when they hear things like the National Prayer Breakfast, it's like what could be wrong with that? That sounds like a wonderful organization. But but what you, what you're saying, if I understand you right, are there are tentacles involved in these innocuous names? of things that are more than meets the eye. But but this Institute of Noetic Sciences has their fingers in a whole lot of things. Like you mentioned, Edgar Mitchell is involved. Uh, yes. People like Deepak Chopra, I believe. Everybody that's anybody in the New Age movement has is tied in with the Institute of Noetic Sciences and receives funding from them. Dwayne Elgin, the Sustainable Development, Barbara Marks Hubbard, mm-hmm. the Marilyn Ferguson when she was living. Okay. Uh, even it even goes all the way down to the men's warehouse. Uh, George Zimmer, you know, the founder of Men's Warehouse, he's one of the people. So I guarantee it. Next next time you go look for a men's suit, think about it. he's one of the people on the board. <laughs> I better age. alert my husband. I guarantee it. <laughs> did, did I did I scoop you, Miss Cumby? Did were you aware of that with George Zimmer? I have to confess, George Zimmer's name went by me. Well, but now it won't. I have died and gone to heaven. If I have exposed a New Age contact to Constance Cumby, that is a a jewel in my crown. Yeah, Yeah. so if you had been thinking about a suit there, just might want to think twice. My husband shops there. Well, he won't now, I bet. Uh, But that organization, it's it's well-financed. It's well-organized. They just had their big national conference uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, they already have this, the DVDs available for sale. But anything related to consciousness, opening portals to the other side, is a part of it. But it's curious you mentioned that gentleman's name, Paul N. Temple. Yeah. Uh, because he's going to play something in the rest of the story. But before we, we go past that, um, I'd like to talk about another related, sort of a, a murky organization, mysterious one that comes up in the news periodically. And it came up just recently. Uh, during the Gover- uh, Governor Mark Stanford fiasco. Yes. Uh, and, and he actually gave, uh, he mentioned something re- regarding one of the parts of the organization, C Street or something. The, that was part the house of, on C Street, yeah. Yeah, part of a group known as the Family or the Fellowship. 
and, and this is another very intriguing group that takes us from the West Coast to the East Coast of D.C. Well, the family, the fellowship is the Prayer Breakfast Network. Hmm. Okay, so are you claiming that there are New Age influences that have some kind of connection in running that that National Prayer Breakfast that has all of our leaders in our country there meeting? Most assuredly, and it took me 20 years to get to the bottom of it. And one reason I didn't speak out on it sooner were biblical warnings about the wheat and the tares growing together until the time of the harvest. And uh, to take no action against the wheat because in pulling up the wheat you might, or pulling up the tares, you might also harm the wheat. But uh, mm-hmm. when when exposés started coming out against it from secular mm-hmm. sources, I, we gave Jim Jones back to the New Agers very successfully. Right. In the early '80s, I thought maybe they could enjoy having this one back as well. Right. The, yeah. uh, back in uh, my personal encounter with this group started in the fall of 1987, and they I had a phone call from dear friends in Colorado saying they were going to go hear David Spangler, the New Ager who distinguished himself by saying we had to take a Luciferic initiation to mm-hmm. enter the New Age, the one who um, uh, Willis was shown around the UN by Donald Key, so on and so forth. David, uh, they called and said they would hear David Spangler speak that night at a local Episcopalian church in Boulder, Colorado. And I kind of chuckled and I said, well, prepare to be good and bored. He's not exactly the world's most dynamic speaker. And they called me back the next night and they said, you were right about the boring part. He was rather still terrific, but hang on to your hat. He said something extremely significant. We're sending you the tapes. And he sent me the t- they sent me the tapes, which I transcribed. And he said the real reason he was in Boulder was not to speak at the Episcopalian Church. The real reason he'd been there was to attend the latest in a me- series of meetings he'd been having with high-level evangelicals and high-level New Age leaders. And that this one had taken place at the Gold Lake Ranch Conference Center near Boulder, and the previous one had taken place at Hollyhock Farms in British Columbia. And that um, he said there were people there from the Denver Seminary, the Dallas Seminary. He said somebody was there from Spiritual Counterfeits Project. They'd helped write the book, The New Age Rage. And the theme of that book was the same as the theme of the conference. There could be unity and reconciliation with the New Agers. And the the director of the Findhorn uh, uh, Education Center said how wonderful it was to sing We Are One in the Spirit with His Separated Christian Brethren. Well, needless to say, I wanted to get more information on it, and I ran into a news blackout. We, um, I, I didn't dare make the call myself. I had a researcher from Southern California make the call for me. My name is to the New Agers as Madeline Murray O'Hare's is to the Christian right. community. So I had a friend, <laughs> friend make a call, and she called the Gold Lake Ranch Conference Center, and she said they were very nice to her. And uh, she said she wa- wanted to get a set of the tapes, and they said, well, that conference was by invitation only. And unfortunately, no tapes are available for sale to the general public, although tapes were furnished every participant in the event. And when she expressed disappointment, they said, why don't you contact one of your friends that was there and duplicate their tapes and acted like it was no big deal. Well, good idea. So we called our friends at the Spiritual Counterfeits Project, who were supposed to be on the same side as us. And we were um, 
the researcher called my contact back and said, I don't know what's going on around here. She said they went into a two-hour closed-door meeting from which they have just now emerged and said no tapes were available. The meeting had not been taped. So I put a plea in my newsletter, and uh, I ran and I had nothing. I ran into absolutely nothing on it. A few phone calls to folks around Denver yielded a few names that were there, but as to the and what had taken place, absolutely nothing. And so my... Um, in the next uh, early March of 2000 or 1988, I had a telephone call from an Indianapolis television station asking me to uh, do a, de- a television debate against Marilyn Ferguson, the author of The Aquarian Conspiracy, and I said I would do it. A few minutes later, Marilyn Ferguson called me and said, I think we should tell them all the things we have in common, all our, our areas of agreement rather than what we disagree about. Well, I had no intention whatsoever of doing that. But as long as she was calling the house in such a nice conciliatory mood, I thought I might exploit it. And <laughs> so I, 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 I asked her about Gold Lake, and she claimed she hadn't received her invitation either. Now, maybe she hadn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe she hadn't. I'm sorry to say it, but I've found that folks in those movements are usually very often charming inveterate liars she promised she would get some information on it for me and call me back and she called me back a few minutes later and said she had just hung up from talking with david spangler who told her the meeting had been chaired by barbara marks hubbard at the invitation of the evangelicals now that was a half truth i learned Mm-hmm. But at, at any rate, I if, if I could Barbara. if I could interrupt just a moment, sure. some of our listeners maybe remember Barbara Marks Hubbard, a good friend of our show, is uh, Chris Pinto. Has done the Megiddo documentaries, and uh, uh, he he quotes a lot from her, talking about how her ascended masters have told us that, that they're going to get rid of us Christians oh, and yeah. wipe and wipe us out. Yeah, and that we they're come going to, to bring be... death. We do this for the sake of the planet. The riders of the pale horse are about to pass among you. They will separate the wheat from the chaff. This is the most painful hour in Earth's history. That's what she wrote. Sounds like wow. you've heard of her. Uh, <laughs> you want up us. You so, quoted her. <laughs> so, so this is the person that's going to be working hand in hand with these evangelical leaders. Well, that correct? was the one that was they said had chaired the meeting, and I found out later that that was a half truth. It was a co-chair. But who anyway, the, at any who was rate, the other chair? That ask. it was Doug Coe. Welcome back to the Future Quick Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I am Tom, uh, previously the other Dr. Future, but now back to his senses, Bionic. Yeah, you better be back to your senses because this is a very sober topic. And we can't stay here very long. We need to bring Merv in. But we'll talk tomorrow. We've got yeah. more time tomorrow to yeah. talk about uh, the bombshell she had at the end of even this show. And it Kaboom. gets worse tomorrow. Collateral damage Talking all about over the, the place. Talking about the Institute of Sciences. It, she's laying the groundwork where you're going to find out some people that will surprise you that mm-hmm. have New Age connections. We need to get Merv. Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
Okay, we're on borrowed time. Let's get out of here. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to catch this whole show this week. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, ready to uh, jump in here to the next segment, Bionic. And uh, we're talking this week on a very, very uh, intense show uh, with Miss Constance Cumby, who is an investigator and author of the very famous book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, uh, which was one of the first exposés of the New Age movement. And we're mm-hmm. talking about the infiltration of New Age influences in the upper echelons of the evangelical community. So a very fluffy topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, she just started getting into it at the beginning about this group called The Family, which mm-hmm. we brought up a couple times on our show. Yeah. Um, Mark Stanford, or Mark Sanford, the governor from South Carolina, had a connection with them. Mm-hmm. They, they're sort of a, a pseudo-Christian group. They're dominionists. They believe in conquering. They, they talk about this. Conquering the nation for their group, sort of, and their leadership, and they have Jesus congressmen. At the point of a gun. Well, they have, and they have congressmen in their hip pocket. They actually live at their facilities. They do some kind of teaching, and there's been some articles that sounded very strange about what they teach. But they run the national prayer breakfast, mm-hmm. which everybody sees, and oh, isn't that great? Isn't that Christian mm-hmm. to do this? But they have their own agenda, and she has started connecting the dots that there are new age people who are funding and supporting yeah. that particular. Activity. It's sad, and they it? have an agenda. Uh, a big agenda. And she's going to really be exposing a whole ton of it here yeah. in this next segment yeah. where she's going to really start naming names. Pull the rock off the uh, off the ground and then right. find uh, cockroaches all over the place. Well, I hate to go that far because some of these people are, are, are Christian people who have done a lot of wonderful work for the Lord. But at best, they have been deceived or they have been negligent or naive or whatever you want to call it. And it, maybe it's worse. But um, you're going to find uh, the next few days' shows are going to be somewhat offensive, maybe, because some people who you've probably really looked up to in the Christian community uh, have some real baggage. Uh, but you need to know about it, because Jesus said the truth will set you free. Um, even if you don't believe it, maybe this will set you on a course to do your own research, yeah. and you may decide uh, you found something that's not true with this. If you do, we'd be glad to know about it, because we just want to search for what truth is. But this information has come to you from a researcher who's very famous in the Christian circles, also very, very controversial. So we'll leave it up to you to decide uh, what you think of the information provided. So with no further ado, here's Miss Constance Cumby, author of The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, talking about the New Age influences now in the top levels of the evangelical church. I spoke in Seattle in June of 2008, or I'm sorry, 1988. I'm going back in time. And somebody handed me a tape of Barbara Marks Hubbard speaking at Unity Church, and Fritz Hall, who headed the Chinook Learning Community, introduced her and said he had gotten the idea to bring her from a conference they had both participated in in Boulder, Colorado, the previous October, on Christianity in the New Age. So I gave it a tentative title on my database, Christianity in the New Age, added Fritz and Vivian Hall to the guest list, and that was still what I had. Same speech, she said, now all the groups with outwardly different purposes are merging and blending and coming together to do the one work. And she also said they had now had their crisis meeting, their mental crisis, and she also talked about the Soviet-American 
dialogue process, which, by the way, according to her book, The Hunger of Eve, Paul Temple served as master of ceremonies for her at. Well, interesting. But anyway, that was all I had still. And I uh, I uh, flew back, and uh, from and on July second, I had a call from somebody in Colorado, and they asked me what did I know about evangelicals for social action. They had used her name on their letterhead without their permission. I said, why that's the New Age Caucus in the evangelical world. If you would like to know more about it, call your friend Dr. Lewis over at the Denver Seminary. I said, I understand he's part of. And while you're at it, ask him about Gold Lake. I understand he was there. And she said, what's Gold Lake? And I encapsulated it for her. She called me back a few minutes later and said that Doug Coe said, that um, that Dr. Lewis said that the conference had been uh, put together by Doug Coe, who was concerned because he had children involved in the New Age movement and thought there needed to be better understanding between Christian parents and evangelical and New Age leaders. And he said that was the most wonderful time of witnessing and sharing Christ with New Agers, and I just instinctively blurted out, I said, witnessing my foot. I said, those folks were there networking, and I didn't know how right on I was. Anyway, I uh, got on the phone and made some calls, and I had some interesting visits to the house thereafter by some folks who had supposedly moved to our area to uh, be ministers about the same time we had moved there. And they came right over with Doug Cole's manual. Uh, But at the time, I had some strange feelings about it, but that was all. Uh, I Basically, I ran into a news blackout, and then came the Internet. And periodically, I would do some Googling to see what I could learn. And one day, I'm downstairs emptying my dehumidifiers. It's strange how you get information. And I saw Mm -hmm. Chuck Colson's book, Born Again. And I remembered that he had had interaction with Doug Coe, so I carried the book, which I'd read years earlier, upstairs. Uh, Let me just clarify. Most people know who who Chuck Colson is. He was a former Watergate official. Now he's a a prominent evangelical leader. As prison fellowship, he operates. But he pretty much pops up anywhere where there's top evangelical leadership. Right. Anyway, I remembered that he had uh, interaction. Uh, with Doug Cohen, so I just brought it upstairs, and I looked at the back of the book, where I usually don't look, and looked at the acknowledgments, and there was an acknowledgment to Paul Temple for loaning him a vacation home in Spain. Now, I have to tell you, I've had enormous research centered about the European Union the last few years, and of course, when I saw Spain, uh, I and, and the person I was researching deeply uh, hailed from Spain, I had a question, I wonder if Paul Temple knows Javier Solana. Right. So oh, I yeah. just absentmindedly Googled Paul Temple and Doug Coe, and I was amazed to come up with page after page of my own research that somebody had posted to the Internet, along with an invitation to the Gold Lake event, which I had never seen before. And I don't. they had evidently obtained it and blacked out the name of the person that received it. And there, the and and there, the letter introducing it said they uh, it was organized by Paul Temple's son and daughter, son-in-law and daughter, and uh, and said they had asked two dear friends of theirs, Doug Cohen, Barbara Marks Hubbard, to serve as co-chairman. And then I started digging. So I'll make real. sure 
Doug, Doug Coe is a guy who's involved with the Washington, a lot of Washington congressmen, the National Prayer Breakfast, yes. considered a Christian leader in their own sort of very unique whatever he they do with the fellowship. He went to Washington with Mark Hatfield. And right. interestingly enough, my publisher notified me back in 1982 before the book was released that they had, uh, that Mark Hatfield's office had called and threatened a slander suit, a libel suit, if the book mentioned Mark Hatfield. And my publisher said they told my, who was also a political figure in Louisiana, said you can't be a public figure and not be a public figure. Right. You, mm -hmm. um, at any rate, uh, that was always curious to me. But, uh, it, but at any rate, uh, Doug Coe had gone to Washington with Mark Hatfield. But now it turns out that Mark, that, uh, Paul Temple was, per the Billy Graham archives, part of the core group of the Fellowship Foundation in Washington, part of the very inner, inner, inner circles at the deepest levels, and still one of their largest donors uh, from the very beginning, uh, even maybe even predating uh, Doug Coe that he went back to Abraham Variety. Now, now I've wow. read several articles that talk about the Fellowship or the book The Family that came out, and some some prominent magazines, and they they, they portray the fellowship and the group of the family as being sort of dominionist, where they want to take over the government for Jesus. Is that is that a good characterization? I would say using Jesus as a logo to gain political influence might be a better one. I have a book by Michael Timmis, who's an attorney from Detroit, who um, went to something like 143 countries for Doug Coe, according to the book. And Doug Coe had him, uh, for example, when he met with the Dalai Lama, who's been close to them. He had him recall the Dalai Lama, Your Holiness. Okay. And basically, it's uh, their, their, their form of, of Christianity has been a highly syncretistic one. Now, now, they have several congressmen that live in a house there in Washington that they operate. I think one of our own congressmen in Tennessee is yeah, Zach Womp, I think is his name, Zach Womp, here in Tennessee. But there's, there's some well-known guys that actually are affiliated with this particular group. I, in fact, a gentleman that ran a Republican uh, for, for president, his name excuse me, conservative, um, it, uh, Browning, uh, has an affiliation yeah. with them as well, too. Uh, but even Hillary Clinton is a member yeah, of this group. Barack Obama went to Bible studies up there, Hillary Clinton, uh, many people, and it's for... And it's hard to sort out all the motives. I'm sure some of the people went and got, thought they were getting a real dose of Jesus. Right, and, but and hopefully they were. There probably were people yeah. up there who thought they were giving them a real dose of Jesus. Right. But, yeah, Sam Brownback, that's what I meant to say. But there's yeah. a number of these gentlemen, and, they, and they're tight-lipped. They don't say anything about what they the organization's have, about or details or anything. But absolute secrecy. Well, what uh, what we have learned in the research was going down. They it looked like there was a distinctly mystical bent to uh, two organizations that were set up just about the same period of time, and there were was interaction between them. And one was called one was called Faith at Work, and it was designed to reach the masses. The other was called uh, International Christian Leadership, and it was designed to reach the rich and famous and powerful. And both of, and they had two different reach outs, but definitely the the thrust on both was highly mystical, and basically the thrust on on both now has headed 
uh, increasingly towards the New Age. And as far as the Prayer Breakfast Network in Washington, Exhibit A was this year's theme where Tony Blair, who unabashedly was working for a new world religion, was the keynote speaker in January. Oh, I thought he was clearly orthodox, except for, like, having his rebirthing ceremony in the ground. And that, and, you know, he got, what did he get? He gets, he says by his own admission, he gets possessed by a spirit of light every morning. He calls light. I don't see, I mean, we, our our own president carries a Hindu monkey god in his pocket, so I don't see how that's much. Haruman or Haruman? Haruman. Well, it gets even better than that. I guess he actually went and worshipped in front of the throne uh, at the Pergamum Museum. You mean the seat where Satan lives, according to Revelation? That one. And huh. Tony Blair went to Mexico and went down to the pyramids there, and yeah. he and his wife both went through the New Age rebirthing ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this, uh, Ms. Cumbie, this sounds like right out of Revelation 18, where we read that the kings of the earth and the great merchants of the earth uh, use sorcery to communicate with these spirits, and, and through these actions it says they deceive the nations of the earth. It sure that, does. Is that what we're seeing b- before us in these days? And, and they just can they they despite the plagues they went right on with their sorceries with their murders. So that's mm-hmm. what the Book of Revelation says. By the way, the C Street address is how I unlocked the the real connections. It, mm-hmm. it was interesting. I would periodically look up uh, Paul Temple just out of curiosity. And I came up with things such as Shambhala Mines and uh, a number of New Age causes. But one day I came up with his Three Swallows Foundation. Right. Oh, yeah. And I looked on the funding list, and uh, the, uh, there, were, there was money going to Arthur Blessed Ministries, which I, I would have sent him a nickel or two myself. And there was money going to Campus Crusade for Christ, and I've sent passed up myself, and then there was money going, quite a bit of it, to Barbara Marks Hubbard and some of her causes, and a number of Waldorf schools, and all Chalice, uh, Seasons Chalice Church in Boulder, which looked like, made Finhorn look like a New Age, born again, or like a born-again wow. Christian place. <laughs> and then and and then there was a, a, a whole lot of money going to Institute for Noetic Sciences, or Institute of Noetic Sciences, which was no surprise, because he was the co-founder and and CEO, and then there was something that said International Foundation, Washington D.C. And I clicked on the link for it, and it took me to a little, little bitty place in Oklahoma City called International Foundation. And I read their 990 report, and I thought to myself, this can't possibly be it. And they had a budget of about $500 a year, and their report was handwritten. And I thought, something's wrong here. So I went, decided to go into the 990 reports for the Three Swallows Foundation, and I went into those reports all the way to many pages because they were giving away a couple million dollars every year. And the on the last page, just about, there was International Foundation, and there was an address on C Street in Washington, D.C. Hmm. So I Googled just that portion of the of the street address without any more, and bingo, it was Doug Coe's address. And then I tallied what was going into it over the just from the 990s, from that one source alone, 
and there was close to $2 million within an eight-year span, and suddenly I had a much better realization why I had caught some of the flack from some of the sources yeah, no that kidding. I had. No, Now, you know, by the way, I went and looked up those same uh, documents, those IRS documents that you cite, and sure enough, it's exactly what you said. It's there in black and white. So you have connected the dots of the main funder of the most heinous, the most vigorous New Age groups, the same people are funding some of these well-known uh, ministries, Christian ministries. Yeah. Now, when, when you exposed this, did, did Campus Crusade and some of these other ministries that are being funded, did they run to you and say, thank you, thank you so much, Costas, for exposing this. We had no idea. Here, we're sending that money back. We don't want to be dirtied by this money. Thank you so much for exposing us and, well, and helping us. I haven't heard from anybody like that. And, and and I wish I could say that Paul Temple was the only source of New Age contamination in the new in the Christian world because a lot of people that weren't contaminated by Paul Temple were taking money from Unification Church and Reverend Moon who yeah, claims unabashedly to be the Lord of the Second Advent and there and some of that money was might might have even been bigger than the Paul Temple money. So well, I want to talk I want to talk about that in just a second because um, there's so much there's so much here that you've uncovered. And I don't know why anybody is not behind you supporting you and putting these dots together for the sake of the church. Uh, so the, the, you mentioned a bunch of groups that, that you understand were involved in this this group at, at Gold Lake or some collateral or, uh, activities like that. You mentioned the Spiritual Counterfeits group. Uh, was there also something connected with C.S. Lewis? And also does something like the Christian Research Institute tie into this? What other kind yeah. of groups have you found strong connections I've um, the the crowd that was at Gold Lake. A lot of it was connected with EMNR, Evangelical Ministries to New Religions, of which CRI and Spiritual Counterfeits Project were a part. The person that we discovered that um, uh, from our person making the phone calls to Doug Cole's organization, and this was interesting too. She, um, uh, I would have dropped it right then and there, but she followed up on it. And she called the chaplain of the Senate's office, Richard Halverson, and asked if she could um, please have Doug Coe's phone number. And they said, well, we're not allowed to give that out. And she said, well, I'm with Evangelicals for Social Action. I was told you could give it to me. She took advantage of her newfound letterhead credentials, and bingo, they gave it to her immediately. And hmm. she called, and uh, she was told, and... Um, uh, to her surprise that um, uh, Doug Coe's secretary said the most wonderful thing about the event was the Christians who went weren't at all close to the New Age. And then she said that, that Art Lindsley of the C.S. Lewis Institute was handling the tapes and would be over at their office at 4 o'clock that afternoon to work on it. And she would have him call, and he duly made the call. And then he informs her during the course of the call, and by the way, he she asked why why they were being so secretive about it. And he said, well, we're not being secretive. He said, but Constance Cumbie desperately wanted to get her hands on those tapes, and I just wondered what your motive was, that's all. And she said, well, I can't speak as to Constance's motive, but if you're doing anything that important with the New Agers, you certainly need to be covered in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so then he opened up, and they even told her he was having dinner with Barbara Marks Hubbard in Washington, D.C. that coming Saturday night. So the whole thing looked kind of cozy to me. 
And as far as I know, there's never been any repentance. In fact, I was the villain for bringing this out. And, and one thing I will tell you about Barbara Marks Hubbard is she will never be able to say she didn't have a kind warning. I myself spent a couple of hours with her in, in Colorado at her invitation in the fall of 1987 before wow. this Gold Lake thing took place. Wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that meeting. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. I, I'd love to heard that, and, you know. And uh, one day she will stand and take an account of how she responded, you know, to your message as well. A lot of people as well there. Since that pe- period of time, I, I'm going to guess that we didn't hear about a whole lot of New Agers that were led to Christ at that meeting. Did they have a whole lot of conversions over to Christianity? I haven't heard of any. Okay. I haven't heard of a one, but I. Um... I do know of many New Agers who came to Christ, I'm happy to tell you, but not from that meeting. Right. Hmm. Now, uh, what, what what is your guess of the legacy from that meeting? Have you been able to put anything onto it of what they were able to accomplish based upon whatever plans they hatched at that meeting or similar meetings? Well, I did get my hands. I was doing some more digging, and I saw that Paul Temple had available through an online tape service uh, that the, was selling t- tapes from past conferences. There was a conference called Christianity in the New Age. It was an East Coast conference. And I ordered the tape and um, listened to it and copied it to my um, computer system, burned it on as an MP3 file. And I've listened to it several times, and Barbara Marks Hubbard was speaking very proudly about the Gold Lake Conference. And she said some of those old ministers that were there were so resistant to them the first day they were there. But she said then they got into the hot tubs with them at night. And she said, uh, and, and then every, the, every night they were in the hot tub, they just got friendlier and friendlier. And she said that was the secret of the thing, to having personal experiences with the opposition. You know what's funny? They set up these hot tub meetings, and I can remember Chuck Colson writing in his book about hot tub religion and making fun of it. Uh, but then we got these same people hopping in their hop tubs and, and converting over to pagan religion. Yeah. Uh, at they didn't the even same, sell out for money. They at, sold out for a dip in a hot at least, tub. At least, neutralize, <laughs> at least they were neutralizing them so they didn't speak out about it. And, and you know, here the, here the New Agers just considered it a real coup. They were laughing about it. Sure. Well, it's like taking pictures of a... Um, who, who was Hoover in a dress? You know, they always talk about the, yeah. the mythical mafia photos. It's mm-hmm. a similar kind of thing. But they get them connected and things like that, and it becomes almost like hush money because they dare not say anything against them now Now that they've become so cozy to them. It's one thing if you went in there with a mission to, to reach out to these people and to bring them to Christ. But but it sounds like something totally different went on, particularly at that period of time. Well, they uh, were of, playing. They were running. They were running races, sackcloth races, beanbag races together. And I, my the Colorado um, informant, who was a journalist who had done extensive research on the New Age movement herself, said she knew those exercises very well. She said they were designed to tear down barriers between people, mm-hmm. and they were designed to lower resistance. Right. I'm sure there was a there was a ton of spiritual real spiritual warfare going on in those beanbag races. Oh yeah. Uh, sad to say, and one one group didn't show up prepared to fight. You know, they came out to a knife fight spiritually with without a right. knife. The New Agers knew what the fight was all about, and yeah. the Christians were hopelessly naive. That's and exactly. Put in, it, a, put in a compromising position. 
Well, and, the, and you're being generous to them by saying they're naive. The, the, these are leaders. These are the people that the American, yeah. the American church looks up to them for leadership and for their wisdom and discernment, and they get paid lots of money by rank-and-file people across the country because of the fact that it, it's perceived that they hear from God and can provide leadership and direction. And, and at best, they were very, very ignorant of what they did going into this kind of thing. But I guess I better leave it at that or I'll get in more trouble than you do, Constance. <laughs> okay. I, I want to move on to one of your other favorite groups, the Unification Church. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to step on your toes because I don't know if you receive any money from them. Are they, are they currently no. supporting you at all? No, I haven't gotten, a, I haven't gotten a dime from them. <laughs> I guess you don't, you don't get Christmas cards either from any of these groups either. I'm no, assuming. no, I don't. They have. <laughs> I don't know if they sell phone calls. Well, I don't know if they celebrate that because they in the envelope. Christ, Christ is born every day inside yeah. them, so I don't know the difference. We're back at the Future Quake Show with Doctor Future and Tom. Turning the rocks over bionic. Okay. Well, that's what really has happened for this last segment. Yeah. Uh, connecting the dots on this group, the family. Yeah. The fellowship, the group in... National uh, Prayer Breakfast. That, that involves a lot of our um, Christian leadership in Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington figures are all tied in this group. You've got New Age groups that are funding it. Uh, the same groups that we talk about these shows on the New Age occult stuff. Yeah. Same people funding it. Same people. Same people. So I'm trying to think, is there any way I could make a excuse for them to say they didn't know or or is there reading something into it? Or is, there, is there any excuse that we can find for this? Uh, I'll be honest, uh, uh, Dr. Future. When you said Christian, mm-hmm. uh, they're referring to these people. I felt like I should have corrected you and said, can you put that in quotes, please? Okay. So I tend to be much harder on people in general than you. you. Maybe it's just because... I'm thick-headed or something, mm. or my background or whatever. But gosh, it's hard for me to find any sort of leeway to go mm-hmm. like these people are really. Mm-hmm. These are the now. I'm just going to talk about the political people. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that the religious right, you know, of which I've come from, have rallied around as our standard bearers politically and in the public sector, mm-hmm. and they're affiliated with these groups and they try to cover their tracks. A lot of times they don't want to let anybody know that they're involved in mm-hmm. these groups. What the, they don't want to know the details of what they're doing. And now we're starting to find out why they don't want to. Yeah, because they're uh, taking money from uh, New Age occult organizations to uh, uphold their whatever you know position what? or organization and the New Age people would silence. The New basically. Age people would only do it if they were getting a return on their investment, sure. if they were getting their Absolutely. agenda accomplished to these You're people. Right. And you'll notice that all of the people that she names have been oddly silent about all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what does that say? Right. Well, it, do you get the feeling that this is just the tip of the iceberg? Tony Blair spoke at, as the keynote speaker at the prayer breakfast last year. Tony Blair gets possessed every morning by a spirit he calls light. According to his own. By his own admission. And he spoke at the prayer breakfast. Yes. Okay. Uh, and there are some other people that are pretty far out, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got somebody like Barbara Marks Hubbard who's saying that her spirit guide is going to be the angel of death to kill Christians. Yep. Um, and rubbing shoulders with these people at mm-hmm. meetings, evangelical leaders, they're having lunch together, enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Getting in hot tubs excuse? together. It's a hot tub. I tell you. Dude, that, it's a hot tub. I mean, come on. You that, have... that bothers me more than Barbara Marks Hubbard does. Getting in a hot tub? No. Who she's getting in a hot tub with. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you know my story of faith, like I've, yeah. I've said, you know. 
Yeah. I've always been fairly suspect about a lot of that stuff, and it turns out I was exactly right. Yeah. Well, be, speaking of disturbing people, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We're way over. That was a brilliant segue. Thank Let's get you. out of here. Okay. Come back tomorrow. Uh, it gets deeper as we go later this week. Until tomorrow, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, formerly unhealthy but now healthy bionic. And what does that have to do with our guest this week? Uh, because she is talking about some stuff that is awfully unhealthy. But You're talking about spiritual health. But spiritual health. And okay. if you go and you turn and you repent, you might be healthy. You well, will be healthy. This week, if you've not been catching it this week, we have Constance Cumby, an investigator and author of the very famous book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, uh, talking about the New Age uh, movement back in the early 80s, one of the very first books ever to come out. But our topic is very controversial this week. It's the infiltration of New Age influences in the upper echelons of the evangelical community. And uh, yesterday it got really deep, talking about the connections with things like the National Prayer Breakfast. Yeah. Uh, we have polit- politicians that are conservative leaders in Washington that are part of this group, and the they phrase, sort of preach another gospel. The phrase that come to, came to my mind while she was talking these last couple of days was, this is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and include me sometimes. But, you know, the fact is you just got to hear the truth and do what it says. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you have anything to dispute, any of you all out there, what she says or can disprove it, we'd be glad to see it. Um, mm-hmm. It would make us feel better. But um, to no, date, people truth. haven't really been able to take too much, I think, to dispute what she says. Yeah. In fact, it seems like everything is everything that happens to her is just a slander campaign. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. We'll see what our listeners have to say about this because we we need to go. Uh, you're going to learn about another religious movement in this segment that has had an even more pronounced impact on our yeah. some of our major leaders in our ministries. And it rhymes and, with loonies. And I think it. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Sad to say. So yeah. no further ado. Here's Miss Constance Cumby. We'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. On the Unification Church, this is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Can you explain? Who are some of the prominent evangelical groups? People, you haven't heard anything yet until you've heard this. The other prominent evangelical groups that have been receiving funding from Reverend Moon and the Unification Church and the nature of their support. And and, and explain the the theology of Reverend Moon and then explain uh, who he's funding. Well, Reverend Moon, first of all, says that Jesus failed in his mission, that uh, Jesus was supposed to have established a new covenant, by uh, by marrying and having children, and that his crucifixion represented uh, a failure and a loss of hope, 
and that mankind was without hope until God found the perfect man, Reverend Moon, who was to marry and raise and, and start a new race, and that uh, Reverend Moon is the Lord of the Second Advent. In fact, he had a ceremony in the Capitol building where he was crowned uh, king of the universe. And Wait, where, did he have this, where did he have the ceremony? In the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Wow. Did it surreptitiously. There's photos available all over the Internet. Wow. And Reverend Moon uh, has uh, been on this mission. Um, supposedly, Arthur Ford had told him he was an anointed one and confirmed that for him, the, the psychic, who also had some interesting evangelical ties that I've recently discovered. And the and Reverend Moon has been evangelizing America and anywhere else in the world he could evangelize. And his uh, his ploy to the Christians was he was anti-communist. And he has in 1983 I started. You know, Miss Miss I'm I'm so sorry, but I just I've started noticing I've had a real journey of trying to wake up and smell the coffee the last couple of years and one thing i've learned is that if if somebody is in the mood to go start killing some people or wiping them out christians are usually on board and they don't ask questions about what their theology is so this doesn't surprise me at all and you know there's a lot of good cases that can be made and certainly fighting communism i'm not endorsing communism right but it just seems like deja vu a little bit to me that if if it's something involved fighting somebody and knocking them down even if they're a bad guy Theology takes a back seat a lot of times to what we do. So unfortunately, I, I, that's true. But there was there was also Reverend Moon was whining and dining folks on, uh, with great delicacies. He was spending a lot of money. And in 1983, I had telephone calls. No, it was eight, yeah 83. And about the time my book was coming out and hitting big time. In fact, it had just I think it had gone to the top of the Christian bestseller list. And I had um, I started receiving letters from a group calling itself CAUSA, and they said they were sponsoring. Um, uh, they they had a conference in Washington on uh, about um, uh, the, the positive ways to fight communism, a positive antidote to communism. And I something about it rang a bell, and I pulled out. I got into my old files and pulled out a file I had saved. I'd found an article about that CASA was the political arm of Unification Church in Uruguay. And mm. I was about to say no when I had a telephone call from friends in Kansas City saying that they had gone to one of these conferences, and frankly there was a form to fill out saying, is there anybody we should invite? And they said, yes, invite Constance Cumbie, because they said they had figured <laughs> out it was Unification Church and thought it was extremely important that I see what was going on. So they, uh, I had a few phone calls on this, prayed about it some, and then I told them, okay, I will go. It was between Christmas and, uh, Christmas and New Year, but you will have to fly me from Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I'll be for Christmas, and return me via Detroit. They said they would do that. And so I went in kind of the last milk bucket route, and the gal that picked me up with the cause sign took me to the hotel. We're at a Crystal City a Marriott. Uh, and the woman that was uh, the roommate, I asked her how she'd gotten involved in it, and she said their son had been involved in Unification Church for years. They had tried unsuccessfully to have him deprogrammed, 
And then they were contacted all at once by Unification Church officials and said if they got active in CASA, they could have free access to their son, which I thought mm. was pretty crummy in and of itself. Sure. Yeah. Holding a child as hostage. And went downstairs, and, and the, the place was just loaded. You never saw a spread like that. That's where I met uh, Kofi Annan. He was there. And mm. that was long before he took the, his highest position at the U.N., Mm-hmm. And uh, the place was crawling with conservative political types, and uh, uh, it was it was quite a mix of people. And uh, the next day they started the lectures, and you should have seen the Christians sitting there respectfully through Buddha being up on the screen. I could hardly sit still. And then the first break, the people gathered around me because they. Um, they recognized my name from the book, and and so I was talking to them about the New Age movement. And the gal came up, and she had her um, she had it was wearing a guest name badge, but I was pretty sure she was staffed because she was the one who had picked me up at the airport the night before. Hmm. And then 15 minutes into the next lecture, she sat down. And she said, "May I join you?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "And when we leaving to." Um, uh, when everybody was leaving for lunch, she turned to me and said, I was fascinated by the conversation. Can you tell me more about this New Age movement? Well, I nice thing about the New Age movement is you can put it in generic terms. It's so big without an, immediately assault, insulting somebody's private guru. So I explained it to her as best I could. And somebody walked by and I saw her wink at them. And I figured out what was going on. I said, we'd better go to lunch. We won't get any. And she said, oh, by the way, I don't agree with you. I don't think all the new age groups are the same. (laughs) Well, Hmm. we got to the door, and they let her through, and I was held back behind 17 good-sized men, Hmm. one of whom introduced himself to me. He said, Mrs. Cumbie, he said, my name is Joseph Tully. I am the executive director of CASA USA. Mrs. Cumbie, it was extremely unfair of you to accept our invitation, feeling as you do about the (laughs) New Age Movement and Unification Church. I said, well, I thought that's why you invited me. I said, that's why folks usually invite me to conferences. I said, besides, your letter said you were independent of Unification Church. He said, you're sophisticated enough in this area to know better than that. Well, truer words were never spoken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, and, and then he blurted out, he said, you saw we were here trying to build a coalition. I said, yes, and I saw exactly what that coalition was. I said, this is the most ungodly bridge between the Christian right and the New Age movement I have seen to date. And then I said, you know, I said, I heard an interesting speaker in Detroit, November 4th, 1981, chap by the name of Benjamin Krem. And I said, I couldn't help but notice that the local Unification Church people were out. And at that point, he blurted out, he said, yes, he said, we work with Benjamin Krem and Tara Center. I hadn't mentioned Tara Center to him. He said, but we don't all agree on who that new Christ is. And I said, well, I said, you all agree on who he isn't, don't you? I said, you all agree he isn't Jesus. And I said, that, my friend, is the test of Antichrist, not who's currently jockeying for power in your crummy movement. He said, well, he said, we have canceled your invitation. He said, we've notified the hotel your invitation has been canceled. He said, you are to have no further contact with our other guests, and we have you scheduled on a 2.30 Republic Airlines return flight to Detroit. And when I protested I couldn't be packed and organized by then, he dispatched somebody to the phone, came back, and said, we have rerouted you on a 4 o'clock flight. You are to have no other contact with our other guests. And they virtually, they did. They had me under house arrest. 
from wow. that time on, not out of their sight. It was very frightening. They so, even, wait a they even walked on the plane with me. Conservative and, Christian leader or, or political activist were there. Anyway, I well, so I got back cr- and I okay. I had phone calls from even there was uh, there was a minister of a large church in Memphis, Tennessee, and said he was concerned about an incident he had had. He said he had called all over the place and couldn't get any sympathy on it. Well, he called me. He didn't have to tell me that it was dangerous. And we managed to give them more free publicity than they had ever counted on. But uh, after that, hey, two years later, Jerry Falwell was the keynote. In 1987, Jerry Falwell was the keynote speaker, took millions from them. Um, The LaHaye's, I'm sorry to say, it was huge. And lots of people that should have known better involved themselves with Unification Church and with the theory that it was okay to take Unification Church money to help build the kingdom of God on earth. And what happened was they bought silence for a very significant component of the new... Wow. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so if I understand what you're saying right then, is that uh, these conservative Christian political leaders that a lot of rank-and-file Christians around the country support, look up to, get letters from them talking about threats from, you know, from the left and other kind of things, are actually meeting with New Age leaders and plotting together these networks but not telling people that they're doing these things unless you're an insider. Those guys know what, what Unification Church's theology is, and they know what the Washington Times agenda is. And that's uh, they 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 basically have justified it to them. To some of the people like Don Zill, Sills went way over, and uh, they um, they quickly dropped their subtlety. And 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 it wasn't just Unification Church they were working for. Then it was the Scientologists and others. And and I actually heard him say, "Look," he said, "They bought my wife a mink coat. They did this. They did that." And and just they. I, I mean, if you really believed in God, you'd be terrified to do that for Reverend Moon. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, now, tell us about some of the very famous Christian organizations that have received money or some kind of comp- money or some compensation from Reverend Moon and the Unification Church. Uh, Liberty University, Jerry Falwell School, uh, Richard Vigory's network. They pulled him out of a financial bind and paid off the, the mortgage on his building. He's the one with the conservative mailing list. Um, uh, Tim LaHaye, uh, co- American Coalitions, uh, American Coalition, HCL, American Coalition for Traditional Values, ACTV. Uh, Tim LaHaye and I had a fight about it. I mean, we had a fight, his nickel, in 1986 about this thing. So you're not saying he was unaware of it and he was, he was thankful perfect. to you for exposing it? He was perfectly aware of it. And wow. and he, I, I know I've I've read in your News with Views article that uh, he got very nasty with you on the phone. He did indeed. In fact, this. he hung he hung up on me. He called. What happened? I was uh, I spoke in uh, Colorado uh, in February 1986, and the article had appeared in a secular magazine about the event and they said by writing this the writer said i don't mean to say that all that all fundamentalist christians support uh reverend moon and bohe pack she said to the contrary most most christians would consider bohe pack an alder boy to the antichrist which is exactly right yeah. Yeah. and uh, but um 
uh, anyway, uh, she told how she had stumbled onto it, and uh, I was uh, I went to Washington for the National Religious uh, Broadcasters Convention, and then uh, from there I was flown be- one day before it was over to Colorado, where I was due to speak in the Denver area for several days. And I was uh, my I was the keynote speaker for um, um, Eagle Forum, I believe was the net. That sponsored that particular conference in Colorado, um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, in, in February 1986. And my assigned topic was uh, was New Age infiltration, infiltration of Christianity. And I didn't have that article with me. I was kind of wishing I had brought mm-hmm. it. But then the president of uh, Eagle Forum of Colorado brought the article. They were concerned because they thought maybe uh, that they were their membership was being uh, financed. The, the, uh, compete, the competing interests were being financed through Beverly LaHaye's mm-hmm. group, and they had the article, and they wanted me to comment on it. And I really didn't dwell on it. I just went in uh, in, in passing, and I said, "This is one more inter- example of how New Age interests are trying to co-opt uh, the Christian community." I didn't even dwell on it. Uh, and there was a speaker with me who had interviewed me on several radio programs who did a radio program with Tim LaHaye in Washington, D.C. And Monday I was with the committee in the Colorado Springs at Furs Cafeteria, and all at once I heard mm-hmm. on the microphone, it said, paging Wanda Leonard, paging Wanda Leonard. It was, the cafeteria was mm-hmm. packed. It was right at the... Uh, height of their rush hour, we thought maybe something had happened to her husband or children, that there was a severe emergency. And she answered it, and she came back and signaled for me. And uh, and I and she said, Tim LaHaye is on the phone, and he said, I understand you had a certain woman, Constance Cumbie, speak at your conference. And she said, yes. And he said, I understand, she said, I, we were part of the New Age movement. And she said, well, Tim, she said, Constance is here. I think you should discuss it with her yourself. And he said, fine, put her on. And so anyway, she told me, and I said, Wanda, I said, I'm not about to debate with Tim LaHaye on First Cafeteria's only phone at the height of their rush hour. I said, especially when my own lunch is getting cold. Mm -hmm. I said, he'll have to call me later. And so she arranged for him to call me at 3 o'clock at her Colorado Springs home, and I was there. And he opened it pleasantly enough and said, he had meant to get back to me in Washington, D.C. I'd seen him coming down. The, I was going down the escalator, and he was coming up. And I said, Tim, and uh, and he looked over, and I said, Constance, come here. He said, oh, yes, we'll get together. He'd introduced himself to me a year earlier, and so I had met him once. And uh, and then he started right in, and he said, I understand you said I was part of the New Age movement. I said, well, no. I said, I said, no such thing. And then he said, I understand you quoted from a sleazy left-wing magazine referring to Mother Jones. And I just said, well, Tim, I said, uh, was it true? And he said, it's a sleazy left-wing magazine. I said, was it true? And then he repeated again. He said, it's a left-wing magazine. I said, Tim, I don't care if it was the Moscow newspaper. Was it true? Did she make it up? And then I insisted on telling him the experience I had had with the Unification Mm -hmm. Church people. He didn't want to listen, but I went through it, and then I said, uh, I said, uh, people are contacting me in large numbers saying that their churches have been divided because ministers have gone to c- conferences because they thought they were safe because of your endorsement. 
and their churches were divided. And he said, well, I knew that was going on. He said, that's why I broke with Coalition for Religious Freedom. I said, yes, but you didn't break from American Coalition from Traditional Values. And uh, anyway, we had quite a discussion, and finally I said, uh, well, and he said, look, we're both on the same side. We're both fighting the same war. He said, you call it New Age Movement. I call it Secular Humanism. And I said, well, Tim, I said, I have an idea. I said, since we both agree that Unification Church is evil, since we both agree they've been using your name to unfair advantage, I said, why don't you publicly denounce them? I said, then they won't be able to use your name any longer. And he snarled, I'll never forget it, and he screamed, I'll be the judge of that, and he slammed the phone down without saying goodbye. And a, a couple of weeks later, I was in the Seattle area speaking, and I, my uh, or, um, organizer there had a telephone call from the um, Washington head of um, Concerned Women of America, and she said there had been a conference in, I believe it was either Arizona or Houston, a few weeks earlier, and that Beverly LaHaye had instructed everybody that it, that they were not to give Constance Cumbie any type of a platform. And they asked why, and they said, well, her new book came out and it attacked it, 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 ca- it called us New Age. I've never said a word about the LaHaye's in any of my books. Right. And, yeah. and attacked us and it attacked a very dear friend of ours. And they said, several of them said they rushed out and didn't know my book was out and rushed out and bought it immediately. But uh, at any rate, I was the new enemy, not Unification Church, and they continued to show up even at the mass marriages. Ralph Reed was another one who showed up at the... Um, there were a number of them, and the, the another one that... Um, J. Stewart McBurney was another one who was um, uh, had joined forces, and I remember I had a telephone conversation with him, and because I'd read his book and thought it was a pretty decent one, and he um, he challenged me to pr- uh, provide proof the Moonies were involved in unification and activity. I said, Doctor McBurney, I said you hold yourself out as an expert on the Antichrist. He said, I do not hold myself out as an expert on the Antichrist. I said, oh? He said, I am an expert on the Antichrist. I said, well, then fine. You should have been able to see through Reverend Moon and his mm-hmm. uh, Lord of the Second Advent theology. Mm-hmm. But at uh, any rate, that's it. And I'm afraid wow. that what the seduction was for every one of them was money. They rationalized saying it's okay yep. to take Unification Church money to build the kingdom of God on earth. And well, they rationalized it. That's that's what I was going to summarize this all. It's every case, the people that I've read about Jerry Falwell or Campus Crusade or whatever, there, there was big money being held out, and basically it's like worshiping mam, uh, mammon. Yep. Um, the, you can't you know, serve the, God and mammon. It's just the, impossible to serve the, both. These people build huge empires, huge evangelical empires, probably very well-meaning, um, you know, trying to be a blessing to people, but they build this infrastructure that needs money to keep running. And so when, when giving is down and there's other stresses and they've gone too far in their expansion, I can understand that temptation is there. You know, a voice in the back of your head saying, come on, you know, yeah, maybe I don't agree with these people completely, but there's money, it's there. And in fact, I, if I remember right, Jerry Fowell actually even defended it in the press himself and quoted somebody like Billy Sunday. said, yeah, he I'll said take it. the devil's money, he's had it too long or something yeah, like I'll that. I'll cash yeah. the check, don't need to worry about it. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's not like this, uh, there's other... Uh, 
uh, there's other verification of what you're saying, correct? I mean, th- yeah. there, there's other smoking gun data that shows that this giving has gone directly to these ministries. You're oh, there's about. no question about it, and there hasn't been. In fact, I've been guestless on some of the things, but that's uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been money, money taken, and there and and a little little apology made for it. Well, what what has happened since then? This has all happened some time ago. I can't imagine things have been idle since all this happened that you just related to us. What what have you been on a track since then? Further infiltration of well, new age the, activities in the church. The other well, there's another big unification church thrust, which has been a very nasty one, and that has been paying churches, buying churches buses, uh, additions to their churches, in consideration for them taking down the cross out of the church. Oh, We've had man. churches into burying crosses ceremonies, and that's been a big one. And, and <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but he, it's been it's been going on, and there have been churches that have succumbed to it. What what about in any other of these new age activities like we we talked about? Well, we have know, the also people. the a whole emergent church movement, which right. is uh, which is a a real form of. Um, of, of compromise, in my opinion, and it's um, um, and then the, the, the another place that's been the infiltration has been huge has been on the environmental uh, front. Now, I mean, anybody who thinks the water in their backyard is going to be poisoned or the air they breathe is not going to be fit to breathe becomes kind of an instant environmentalist. But this goes beyond, and these are developing theological rationales for setting up the political structure. Mm-hmm. And personalities of the new age, and that's been a big one. And where that is headed, and to me, this may be one of the worst features of all. That is headed towards earth worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Gaia, Gaia worship, and so that's where they've been able to have more recent infiltration into the church is is through this green movement. That's been a big one, and that, and and it was. Um, in fact, I think there was a former head of the American uh, the National Association of Evangelicals who step down Richard Sizzick because of um, some controversy over those issues. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure a lot of the uh, the psychology-related uh, activities within the Christian counseling world, too, has also probably been a portal as well, too. It's been a portal. It's been a, it's been a huge portal. All right, we're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, uh, repenting of all the weird stuff that I say on and off the mic, bionic, not having his head in eternity. Well, hey... We're all there, you know, and uh, I know this show is one controversial subject after another, and it's a constant testing of where our attitude is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in fact, in, in this kind of discussion, um, talking about the Unification Church or what we've just heard here, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to say. It's just so disturbing. But you said before. These political groups that try to fight for freedom of religious expression, Mm -hmm. you didn't have heartburn if it was people saying, hey, we're fellow citizens, we have our own faith, we're standing together, but but that's different than endorsing. Yeah, I feel like like if Jerry Falwell or anybody else stood on the same stage and said, I think the Moonies are satanic, but I'll endorse their ability to uh, peaceably assemble and worship in the way that they say fit, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Right, you know, but that's not at all what happened. But taking a check from them a to run your school, dollar check to run your Christian <laughs> school is a different story, maybe. Yeah. Yep. 
and, and other ministries well too, and then trying to cover it up. Many other people. One thing you say about Jerry Falwell, he came out and said, "Yep, I got it, and I used it." These other guys have tried to cover their tracks yeah. to some extent. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll give them a little bit of credit for at least coming out and saying it. Yeah, you know, still wasn't right, but no, no, I don't think it was view, right at all. View, yeah. No, I don't. I agree. I yeah. agree. But. Again, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. I think we have other groups doing the same it's, thing. It's just sick, 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 disgusting, and here we go hiding behind closed mm-hmm. doors. You know? Well, speaking of sick, 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 disgusting, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. I guess that was a rough intro Man, for Mark. Sig- no, are you kidding? <laughs> your your segues get better every week. Well, that's, that's a, it. That's for a new today. high. Yeah. That's it for today. Uh, we've caused enough mischief. Uh, be praying about what you hear uh, on a serious matter. Come back tomorrow for the conclusion. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. This is Heavy. Wow. Bionic. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's a pretty good app description of what we've had. This week we've had Constance Cumbie, uh, a well-known investigator and author of a landmark book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, yeah. one of the first books ever to talk about the New Age movement from a Christian perspective. And we've been talking about the infiltration of New Age influences in the upper echelons of the evangelical community. And, uh, Pretty she much can, the only two people who haven't taken money from him is me and you. Well, I'm not Constance, even sure about myself at this point. Constance Cumbie. <laughs> I say Constance Cumbie hasn't. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know about the Gilberts. They probably haven't. I haven't, haven't heard about them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure about you and me. I mean, it, I, maybe I'm it happened sure and we didn't know. Yeah, like, uh, I hope not. Checks show up on the doorstep. I cash I haven't been feeling all that powerful. Philosophy. I haven't felt powerful. <laughs> the power of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you'll... Uh, get something out of this last segment. We're going to talk about something that we have brought up a number of times, the Council on National Policy on here. should be an interesting discussion, but we'll come back and wrap it up here in just a few minutes at the conclusion of Future Quake. Let, let me move on to some more some recent things that are, that are going on right now. Um, and I don't know where you stand on this issue, but it's something that, that intrigues us here, and we've been trying to pursue our understanding of it, and I'm sure you're ten steps ahead of us on it. Uh, there's another secretive group uh, based out of Washington, but it meets all sorts of places, that features the most powerful evangelical leaders in the country. Council uh, on that, National Policy. You're right. Influences oh. political decisions uh, without the watchful eyes even of the most Christian media. Uh, the Council on National Policy. Can you share with us anything about what's going on with this group? Well, I don't want to say that Unification Church has had any input, which it has, but Tim LaHaye was the chairman and founder. Yeah. Which to me, that's uh, an, another one that was was very prominent on that one was um, Newt Gingrich of Georgia. 
Mm-hmm. And I've I've kept up with Newt Gingrich as long as I've kept up with the New Age movement. Uh, he is um, he very much an insider in the New Age movement. Marilyn Ferguson had a newsletter, her leading edge bulletin, and back when I was uh, first scrutinizing the thing, she wrote about this Georgian brave Georgian congressman who was doing so much, terribly much, to advance their agenda. Wow. And the and the, and I kept uh, I kept up with that and looked at his books and and looked at his speeches and then a few years later in about 1985, uh, Mark uh, Satin, the author of New Age Politics, had a New Options newsletter and he he scored uh, New Age voting records in Congress, and the two highest on the New Age globalist internationalist issues were Newt Gingrich and Marcy Kaptur of uh, Toledo. Uh, Ohio, who has been yeah. unabashedly hostile to Christian interests, and uh, those were the those were the two highest, and the uh, and here he was showing up on their list too. I was having catfits. In fact, recently he claims he's become a good Catholic, and I don't know if he has or mm-hmm. hasn't. But um, uh, as far as uh, best of my knowledge, right. he was and remains active in New Age affairs. The Atlanta and Atlanta Magazine called me, and um, so they were doing some fact checking on an issue, an article they were writing on it, and I provided them with all kinds of documentation. And then they came out with a one paragrapher called The Devil and Newt Gingrich and, and basically clowned about it, at which point Newt Gingrich's former campaign manager sent me uh, via fax page after page of uh, copies of letters he had received from Newt Gingrich talking about how his daily practice of Dow helped him make TAO, helped him make his decisions in Congress. Wow. So, so we have a Taoist a Taoist that is being supported by a large part of the Christian right. Well, he was Newt Gingrich was was actively and unabashedly uh, in in the New Age movement. Another one that, um, well, the whole tragedy at PTL Club too. The the director of their Total Learning Center, uh, Vias Vito. Uh, this was going back to the 80s, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was asked to do a program for PTL back in um, the fall of 19, um, 19 um, September 23rd to be exact, 1983, mm-hmm. and I didn't even tell my own mother I was invited on just because I felt that there would be some attempts to disrupt it, mm-hmm. and uh, which I w- was informed on Labor Day indeed there had been. And I finally I flew in to do the program, and there were some big-time attempts to disrupt it, but the... Uh, I was cautioned that I dare not say anything about John Nesbitt or Alvin Toffler if I wanted to be invited back on the program. Hmm. And interestingly, I was waiting to go on the air, and uh, somebody, an unexpected guest, showed up, and it took a good deal of the time that had been scheduled for me. And I was waiting patiently, and somebody sat there just staring at me very, very coldly. Well, I've practiced law long enough. That doesn't frighten me. It just kind of inspires me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you get hate looks for so long, and, and and finally they came out to lead me on the set, and and they said, I want Constance. I want you to meet somebody very important. 
takes me to the woman who's been sitting there glaring at me for the last 40 minutes. And she said, I'd like you to meet Viaz Vito, the director of our Total Learning Center. She said, Vi, I think we should have Constance come down and do a three-day seminar for us on the New Age movement. She said, I nearly scheduled Norman Cousins as a guest, and I would have done it out of ignorance. We need some guidelines as to what the New Age movement is and isn't. And she continued to look at me very coldly, and she said folks wouldn't listen unless it came from Jim Baker's own mouth. And then she said to me, she said, besides, I've read the Aquarian Conspiracy. And continued to glare, and when she said that, I Mm. said, oh? And she said, well, uh, I didn't read it all the way through. And I said, well, why not? And she said, because I found it so oppressive. I said, I see. Very interesting. Well, anyway, then I people started coming to me and saying that they had been we were being taught how to use hypnosis in their total learning center, and that they booked the. But anyway, when the exposés came out on Jim Baker, it was Viaz Vito who had pushed the New Age program there, and that was in the book by the Charlotte the author of the Charlotte Press. It was also the same Viaz Vito who was taking him on the buying trips and doing other things that were inconsistent with a Christian lifestyle and aggressively pushing it, and that was the Total Learning Center. And mm-hmm. it looks to me like poor Jim Baker got kind of set up and led down a primrose path. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you back to this Council on National Policy, because it is, to me, it seems like a big deal. You've got basically everybody who is somebody meeting in secret. They're meeting behind closed doors. They do not allow lists to go out of who attends. Uh, except for, I guess, Salem Communications, which really controls most of your, your conservative Christian talk radio stations around the country. Except for that, there's I, I don't know of any other media, Christian media, that's allowed in there. So so the the information doesn't go out that they talk about. The, even the people who are there is not, doesn't go out. It sounds like a Bilderberg kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, why Is it just us, or is that something that could be some cause for concern that you've got these leaders who are vetting political candidates and presidential candidates and making these plans that nobody knows about or or exposed to. It seems like to me, even if they were well-intentioned, it leads to possibilities of infiltration or or control and intimidation by outside forces, even if everyone meant well because it doesn't see the light of day. Absolutely. Okay. So, so, So we're not crazy, in other words, by being a little disturbed by that. You know, you should be concerned about it. Uh, that um, and I wish I said it was isolated. There's been uh, several thrusts like that, and I, I keep remembering what Barbara Marks Hubbard said. Now all of the groups with outwardly different purposes are merging and blending and coming together to do the one work. And when I think that Newt Gingrich, who had his well-known agenda, was part of these meetings, and that um, somebody I had an out-and-out fight with about the Unification Church funding, who was documented as taking a great deal of money over the years uh, on these things, I'm, yeah, I'm concerned. Well, you know, this group, this last election cycle, actively promoted a presidential candidate that that supported pro-choice uh, Supreme Court nominees and called evangelicals agents of intolerance. So <laughs> it makes me wonder how well these, these leaders are looking out for our interest, evangelical leaders. And and let, let me ask you this, uh, you know, I you hit so many high levels, and you're sort of alone in that aspect uh, of, of exposing some of this information of some of these big ivory tower uh, groups that have had reputations of being virtuous and doing the Lord's work. 
um, many of those think that you've you've taken a cheap shot at them or taken them out of context or taken information without the whole story, and, and still a lot of those people are still sore at you. Uh, you know, a lot of well-known evangelical groups. Is there any of those in hindsight over the years that you felt like you were too harsh on or you felt like that maybe you didn't give them a full hearing or that you all came to some understanding afterwards? No, in fact, I've really only had one ever come back and apologize to me. And um, wow. th- that was um, um, uh, somebody that, who had written me an, a nasty letter. Boy, and I just blanked on his name for one second. In Virginia, <laughs> he was a prominent newsman. Mm-hmm. And was close to Jerry Falwell and a moral majority, and mm-hmm. um, he um, he did he did reach out and and apologize mm-hmm. to me, and then even wrote a nice column um, about but, my work. But that was the that was the the only the only one. I've um, mm-hmm. I've had had many New Agers come to me and say they repented, and they yeah. they fled from it like they saw the devil and never wanted to touch it again. Right. But I have to say, in those circles. No, it was I was the enemy, and I really didn't understand why until I understood some of the the Paul Temple dynamics, and then it started making a lot of sense that I was interfering with the financing. Well, for all the dark things we cover on our on our show, we have to keep a little sense of humor just because it is so dark. You know, when we talk about spiritual Cal Thomas warfare, was the one, Cal Thomas yeah. was the one who came to me and apologized. Cal Thomas. Yeah. Well, you know, with with with. Uh, with all the dark things we cover, I have to say what you have shared, if taken all at face value, uh, is probably the darkest of anything we cover because it shows uh, activities in our own midst, in the own family. You know, you talk about wheat and tares, and mm-hmm. I know we have to be careful. The, the, the Lord will, will point those out and separate them because we might make mistakes on who they are. But the information is what it is. The facts are what they are. Um, the kind of information you shared with us, tonight have either been personal eyewitness activities you've been involved with or you actually have information in hand that verifies your assertions, correct? Yes, yes it is, very much uh, so. And they've, they've not been able to come forward and to deny your assertions or to say that what you what you have is not factual? No, nobody's been able to do it. Well, you know what I think of is when I hear somebody like Jerry Falwell, you know, Liberty University, I think, have had a lot of wonderful people that have been released and done work for the Lord, wonderful Christian training, uh, wonderful things have happened. But when it becomes common knowledge, and it did, about the Unification Church funding, although many Christians are, are many times the last to know about it, but when the secular media gets a hold of it, it causes the heathen to rage. And it causes uh, great ridicule upon the body of Christ. Well, that it did, and 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 also I think it brought it bought silence. I never heard. I used to admire Jerry Falwell's speeches, but I and and sermons, but I never ever heard him say a word against the New Age movement. And you know, suddenly it makes it makes Perfect very sense. sad yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think that uh, the problem is people think that they're buying something to continue the Lord's work. And it, it, it comes right down to we're faced with the same choices that Eve made in the Garden of Eden. And we're, yeah. it's really a test of loyalty to God, and we have to trust him to bring us through. Well, l- let me ask you just quickly, because I, I want to bring to a wrap-up here and, and, and talk about your show and your other books and, and get some advice from you in the future. But did you have a chance to look at the group that I spoke at last summer, uh, you know, right after you and I briefly talked on the phone, the International Institute of Integral Human Sciences, it just seems to be a fulfillment of the things that you talked about. I mean, they're a group funded by the United Nations and World Council of Churches together. 
uh, and they're creating a new religious order called the Order of the Transfiguration. It's already underway, in which they actually ordain people in this new religion that has a published goal of creating a new humanity for a new world order. It's 100% new age in the, in the information and in what they do and cover, including the UFO cults and things like this. But the World Council of Churches is funding it, and it's an official NGO of the United Nations. Have you looked at this group any further and to see if this is a further dimension of the work that you're, you're doing? I have to confess I've not looked at the Order of the Transfiguration, but the minute I hang up, you can bet I will be Googling you, it. Yeah, well, you're going to need to check that one out. No, but I will tell you this about the the origins of the World Council of Churches are fascinating, and and they are intermeshed with the origins of the family in Washington D.C. And uh, Sir Kenneth Grubb was was uh, Norman Grubb's brother. Norman Grubb was very in t- tightly enmeshed with Abraham Variety. In fact, he was his biographer, Modern Vikings. And the, he was also tightly enmeshed with the, uh, setting up faith at work in the United States, which was designed to work to reach the masses with this sort of pseudo mysticism. And he was into deeply into Norman, into Jacob Beam, who was Madame Blavatsky's uh, uh, inspiration for Theosophy and other forms of the of the all cult, mm-hmm. including Gurdjieff. His brother, Sir Kenneth Grubb was primary organizer of the World Council of Churches and also helped set up the with uh, the founder of the Bilderbergs, which you had mentioned, uh, Dennis Healy, and mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Wass Buzzard, who, interesting, his son has in, in, even insinuated himself into some discernment-type ministries while trying to proselyze people to Unitarianism while he was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And they uh, had formed the International Institute of Strategic Studies, uh, which is one of the major think tanks for some of the globalization efforts and some of the forces I've been following the European Union. It looks like both sides of the Atlantic were being worked with skill and dexterity, and some money was crossing the Atlantic to fund fund these. And it's uh, basically, I think that Barbara Marks Hubbard probably put hit the nail on the head when she said, now the groups with outwardly different purposes are merging and blending and mm-hmm. coming together to do the one work. Right, right. And, but unfortunately, it's one work we'd better not participate in at the risk of our souls. Well, that's that's exactly right. And and I just want to mention to you, uh, the the website I mentioned to you is, is triple i i i i h s dot org. And uh, if you want to hear the presentation I gave, just go to the front of futurequake dot com, and that goes for my listeners as well too. I i i h s Dot org. That's for the uh, International Institute Institute of Integral Human Sciences. There we uh, go, International Institute of Integral Human Sciences. Right, and you'll there see. There it is, and all the story, part of the, the new world religion. You'll see the normal cast of characters: the Dalai Lama, Edgar Mitchell, mm-hmm. helped found the group. Uh, but it's an official UN NGO, and it's basically creating the new world religion officially. They have 10,000 members that each have formed cell groups, sort of like your own church, small groups around the world. And uh, they have their annual talk. And, and I have to tell you, probably uh, uh, I'm less welcome there than Constance Cumbie is. No. Uh, after, although I, I, I spoke very kindly and generously and in a redemptive mode. But let me, the, let me, let me brag going. on you here for a second. Uh, Dr. Future here, he went there and they had him as the, I guess, the keynote speaker of 
one of their major <laughs> seminars, and he went up there and told them about Jesus and that spiritual contact was bad. Well, well that's, that's, a direct that's a direct fulfillment of prophecy. You know what prophecy that is? What in is those that? days, those who do know their Lord, the Lord the, in those right. days, those who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's yeah. right. Well, and that was the real exploit. You well, definitely did. You should you should check out the. Uh, it's there on FutureQuake. Yeah. You should check that out. Well, we had. I'm looking was... at their site right now, and yes, it is New World Religion stuff, yeah. big time. Now I knew about the Alliance of Civilizations, which is their yeah. enforcement arm with teeth in it, but this is. Um, right. Well, oh they, my God. They're, they're, their organization teaches communication with the dead, mm -hmm. with other spirit entities. This is their main teaching: communication with angels and others to get information from the other side. And that God, is. Wait, it, it says in 1975 it, they they started their and 1975 was the exact year that Alice Bailey told the New Agers to go public with their teachings about hmm. interesting year 1975. Yeah, it's also the year I passed the bar. <laughs> became an Ooh, that's you know that makes you look at look at you sort of funny. They didn't fund and bankroll your legal career, did they? No, I'm afraid I worked oh, my way geez. through school. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, still cheap in those days. I know we're coming here to the end because we need to let you go. There's so much more we want to talk about. We want to talk about the Alliance of Civilizations, uh, things like the Shack and Purpose Driven Life. Oprah Our friend Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, who you might have a comment or two about oh, her. Yes. I'm guessing. So, th so if if sometime you can make time in your busy schedule to come back, I would be delighted to come back. And I also would uh, recommend to you the works of Richard Peterson. He has a blog mm -hmm. spot called A Time Times and Half a Time, which is uh, devoted to analysis of the Alliance of Civilizations. I've already been there based on your recommendation, and uh, we'll be pursuing him to get him lined up. In our last couple of minutes, before we uh, give your information on how people can follow you, any quick advice you can give to our listeners in in this kind of environment where we see that it seems like any of these powerful structures, even ashamed to say, with within our own body, uh, had fallen to corruption, uh, where, where it almost you just want to crawl in your little small independent church and just you know fight there in your own community and stay clear of them. What can we do to obey Christ and to resist evil, promote sound doctrine and be salt and light in society and in the church now that if the last days are coming upon us? What do you recommend given what you know now? Well, I'll tell you what I do. I pray daily that God show me what's from Him and what's not from Him. Yeah. I've, um, despite, uh, I expect the marginalization, you'd better, the more they tell you, you'd better not take the word literally, you'd better take it literally. I think the problem mm. with us, most of us, is that we don't take it quite literally enough. We wouldn't get into some of these messes if we did. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I debated Benjamin Krem in 1982, and I remember he accused me of being a fundamentalist, and I said, well, Mr. Krem, I can understand your aversion to that. I said, if I were on the FBI's 10 most wanted list, I wouldn't want my friends dropping by the post office. <laughs> but if they did come to the post office and they did read those posters, I would not want them taking anything literally. I said, why, everything the Bible has said, look for, you have proclaimed tonight on this very show, we are going to do. And I started enumerating them is just howling for mercy. And basically, we're going to have to stay strong. We're going to have to stay in it. We're, uh, we're going to have to develop very thick skins, and we're going to have to pray very fervently, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us how people can get your books 
and get a hold of your blog and even listen to your radio show. Okay, well, I have right now, because the books are getting scarce and, and it hasn't been reprinted yet, it, the Huntington House, which had it in print for over 20 years, out of business, and I hold the sole copyright, so I when the New Agers started putting their books up for free, uh, some of their important books up for free on the Internet, I fight fire with fire. So wow. I... I put mine up on, if they go to my blog spot, worldwideweb.cumbie.blogspot.com, and you spell the Cumbie, C-U-M-B-E-Y, or you'll never mm-hmm. find it. And there is, or just type Cumbie in the Google search engine if they're going to do that. If you can't remember the rest, it will take you directly there, be the top hit. And there, uh, I, I have, there's a side that says presentations for downloading. If you go in there, you can download absolutely for free full copies of both of my books and some other materials and uh, that we've assembled. Okay. And you might want to take advantage of that. There is somebody who wants to reprint the book, and we're going to do it in an expanded version. But meanwhile, I've got those materials out there. Well, and I can sort of think Tom, Tom Horn would be a kind of guy that I would think would Tom want to print Horn your is book. the one that wants to reprint me. Well, so, <laughs> so, surprise, not a surprise. surprise. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I and a few other people you know have written chapters for another book he's publishing coming out. Actually, he was, I was supposed to, have, uh, I'm guilt-stricken, I was supposed to contribute something to it, but it's been happening so fast, it's hard to summarize. I, I understand, yeah. but you know, if you could come on our show periodically and keep us posted, I recommend everybody go to your blog, and if you don't mind, I'd like to put a a link to uh, your blog uh, where we'll have your show archive for people oh, who I come would be listen honored. to it regularly. You, absolutely. You can absolutely. And if you'd ever like for us to drop in and visit right. you on your show, we'd yeah. be more than happy. Oh, and, that uh, would be wonderful. And, 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 in fact, if I can get a copy of yours, I'll put it in my archives as well. That's wonderful. Oh, I really appreciate that. Uh, we're in a unique position because some of the people you're talking about are some of the people who happen to listen to this show that we broadcast yeah, on the Yeah, they'll be AM, driving home while and they're going to be hearing this, yeah. and it's going to create a crisis of faith for them. And I want them to not throw out the baby with the bathwater, that Jesus is still on the throne, that the Bible was truer than ever. People are fallible. They're human beings. When we set people up on a pedestal in the church, we, in fact, become guilty ourselves because people are still vulnerable to temptation. Uh, it could even be a mega church out there that you set up a pastor, and you set them up to fall when you do that. And so we need to be a little careful when we start building big empires uh, in our churches because we, we are still our bodies are not fully redeemed and glorified yet. And we still suffer from the flesh and from other forces, and, and we still don't even know the motives of everyone. There are going to be some people out there that we're going to sad to find out are not who we thought they are. So stay close to your local work. Uh, Ms. Gumby, I want to thank you so much, sister, for your work for the well, Lord. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, well, share this. We're honored. We're just two humble guys having a little show here on the side, and to have some of your prestige come on, yeah. it means a whole lot to us. Uh, it'll certainly be controversial. I, I know probably some of our even guests in the past would be, be a little upset you know, for some of your positions, but you got to do what you got to do. And uh, maybe you'll show some of those men out there what it's like to be a real man. <laughs> And stand up and stand on your, you know, convictions and let the chips fall where they may. I wish the very, very best for you and your family. And, Thank you uh, so much. P- please come back soon and visit again. Thank you. Very be honored. Thanks. Thank you. We're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom Bionic. Yeah, don't know where that came from.
But it's good to be back with you all. We don't have much time. But um, that was Constance Cumby. I sure hope she'd come back. Yeah. Uh, she has something to say. Our research is real. Uh, it Hopefully it'll help make us real. Uh, again, if you have any heartburn of what she said and you can disprove what she said, we'd be more than happy to have the information and we'll broadcast yeah. it here. Yeah. If you have anything you can do to refute what's yes. going on, we'll set the record straight. Uh, we're just seeking truth and we appreciate it very much. And that includes anybody who she's mentioned if they're mm-hmm. listening to the yeah. show here. If you want to dispute it, send we'll, us an email, drop well, us an email. We'll uh, consider it and maybe even read it on the air. Yeah. In the meantime, you all might want to think about who you're supporting and sponsoring and recognize that things aren't always what they seem to be, even if people say they're Christians. Uh, you better be very, very careful, particularly as we're entering the last days. And uh, being careful of people, we need to bring Merv in to tell you how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're running a little over. Well, let's get out of here then. Okay, tomorrow is tomorrow's Tremors. Uh, we look forward to hearing about what you think about this show, but until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Uh, there's too much news. Bionic. Hmm. That's another one I have not seen before. Well... I had to fill the form out on a Tuesday. There's there's always more news than there is a Friday. And since it is Friday, what does that mean? It means that it's uh, uh, it's the Future Quake radio interview ending where we talk about stuff that's fun. Well, that was a try, I guess. That wasn't one of your <laughs> performances. No. It's tomorrow's Tremors or today's review of the future's news. Uh, I know many of our regular Futurians are well aware of that. For any of you new listeners out there, uh, we're not insane. We're the same old crew that's been here for five years on Future Quake. <laughs> and Fridays are the Speak days. for yourself. Are the days we, we end the week after a, a great, wonderful interview. This week was a particularly challenging one. Uh, and then close in with some stories that are hot off the wires that uh, will impact our way of life and look at it from a biblical worldview. Uh, this past week, we just had Constance Cumbie on. Heavy, heavy I'm, show. I'm sure not? there was probably something there to offend everyone. I know, I know. But, well, we had been talking a little bit about this uh, um, previously, last couple of weeks on the Friday news shows, the, uh, the infiltration, if you will, of New Age and specifically uh, worldwide unification church money into the uh, evangelical and you know and a lot of people church folk that we would know would tell us oh you better try it easy there you don't know what these people are saying or what they're doing I mean these people are like icons well except that Jerry Falwell flat out admitted it in Christianity Today yeah you know, I mean he, he did just comes right up front and said yeah I took 78 million dollars you know it's mine neener 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 
Well, well that's actually not yeah, exact no, he, I don't think he added that last part. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to try to be fair, they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah, well, we'd love to have them on. But we'd love to have it. them on to discuss yeah. it. And I challenge our listeners to do your own homework on this and find out about what Ms. Cumbie talked about if it's true. Because, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there are some people uh, uh, who've been on our show, some of which don't like her. Yeah. And for various reasons, and there's some people that do. Yeah. I mean, it really splits down the middle. And so we felt like it's best for our listeners to hear the information and uh, discern for yourself. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it is true, or even a portion of it is true, to me it's very significant. Um, yes. If anything, it's a warning for us that when you get compiled into large groups, if we didn't learn anything from the Tire Babel, that even in the church, when you get huge infrastructures and large groups of people and you get a lot of money compiled, mm-hmm. Uh, you get insulated from the common folk. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of temptations to keep things running and going. Mm-hmm. And I think you just sort of lose your head a little bit. Well, I lost my head a long time ago, so we've already well we've already hit bottom too. over but yet we didn't on the go left side of that, the studio. <laughs> we didn't go through that wealthy and powerful stage yet, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I'm still waiting on that, that one. Okay. I, I'm hoping that it's a nonlinear okay. progression. All right. like you lose all right. your mind, and then I'm going for the... Well, Welcome listeners, I hope I hope you all can tell us some more about uh, what you think about that show and yeah. uh, the ramifications of it. Uh, we also just got back from the um, Pre-Rath Prophecy yeah. uh, Conference, Pre-Rath Rapture Prophecy Conference. Mm-hmm. Charming little John up there to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That uh, Charles, Charles Cooper mm-hmm. and Alan Kirshner and a host of other speakers mm-hmm. was at. Uh, Roger Best. Uh-huh. I don't remember right. the other gentleman's name. Um, but... Uh, we uh, took the Future Mobile. Tom Bionic and Dr. Future drove 830 miles to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Well, really, Dr. Future drove the whole way. <laughs> Let's be honest. Hearing the stories recounted by Tom Bionic. Yeah. I had to make up a really long little name to, uh-huh. to, to make a 15-hour... Fill up the ride. Yeah. Tom, uh, and in the beginning yeah. was the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, great to be back here. We yeah. had a wonderful time up there. It was very challenging. I met some wonderful new friends, and if any of you all are listening to Future Quake, we'd just like to say hey to y'all. Yeah, especially met, met some um, great friends. Oh man, I forgot his name. He gave us his card. Yeah, gentleman, well, we had dinner with. We'll uh, we'll yeah. be talking to them in the days ahead. Yeah. Um, one other quick announcement. I thought mm-hmm. uh, you might want to make. You now have another show that you're doing on the oh, Revelations Radio Network. I didn't know if I was going to mention this or not, but since you brought it up, yeah, uh, you know the the people who do Revelations Radio Network, of which we are affiliated with, uh, approach me they about. They carry our show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, approached me about doing a, uh, a weekly Bible study on their network. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've done two so far, and you can find it at um, com or right there on Revelations Radio Network. So if they go into iTunes under Revelations Radio Network, they can get them there? I believe so. Also, if they go to revelationsradionetwork.com, is that yes, right? Yes, I believe they're, so. They're also on there. Mm-hmm. Or Mighty Tom's... Mighty Tom's Bible Study. Okay. Potomatic.com. Huh. Yeah. Wow. It's very interesting. I think I had mentioned to you about all the different yeah. places that I've seen that have gotten downloads. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just boring studying the Bible? Well, I like doing it. Do you? I mean, I don't know if anybody yeah. else likes it. You know, actually, we care about the Bible here on Future Quake, too. That's and the we rumor, try to find right? every excuse to bring it up. <laughs> With some very, it, but you're focused exclusively oh, it's, on. Oh, it's just the Bible. It's, it's not, it's not Bible anything study. having to do with. Anything other than the Bible. Well, you have legions of fans out there, 
And so like uh, swine and, I'd like and to Matthew. send the legions. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd like to send all the legions out there to head over to to catch your your Bible teaching. Well, thank you. I don't want to. I mean, I want it to stand on its own its own mm-hmm. thing. I don't want to scalp the future yeah. quake audience or anything. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Well, um, I, I, there was another big news event. I don't know if we have it directly. I have one story related to it, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to mention, uh, and I'll carry some more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had this wonderful gentleman who passed away this past week. Uh, since we've last done the show, Walter Cronkite, oh, um, um, who was known as the most respected man in America, most trusted man in America. Yeah, well, that's interesting, given his uh, some of the things that he said and did. Yep. Um, in I, fact, uh, you could relate this better than I can, but he received an award from the World Federalist Society, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a globalist group that is unabashedly has a mission to create a global one-world government. Yeah, that's their, Norman that right Cousins, up front they believe, say that. Yeah, the, the Norman B. Cousins Award. He actually ran for, uh, I believe, president, didn't he? Norman B. Cousins? I don't know. I don't remember. But but now this award he had for like lifetime achievement in creating global government, mm-hmm. he was actually given it by Hillary Clinton, right? Yes. Now, isn't this also on YouTube? If people doubt us, they can see it on there? Yeah, there's actually two videos that I would, I would direct you to. Uh, the one that we are talking about now uh if you type in walter cronkite world federalist society uh there are two quotes in particular the, the, the whole, you can hear him talking yeah he, he accepted it like by phone and he was talking no no, no he was right there at the podium he was at the podium yeah walter cronkite oh, oh i yeah. didn't know that okay uh hillary clinton was on uh, video like video phone okay uh or maybe it was a pre-recorded message but uh he gave a he gave a a speech saying that um, Americans are going to have to give up some of their sovereignty. That's right. a, somewhere, and they're not going to like it. Yeah, they're not going to like it, but that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's that's somewhere between four minutes and five minutes. Yeah. And then he says uh, he's talking about the evan addressing the evangelical right. uh, Christian opinion that you know we should all be united under a world world uh, a one world government only under the Messiah. Said that well, like he said, Pat Robertson criticized him. Yes, that thought well, that's just the Antichrist would want to do that. Yes, and he said, well, if it takes me sitting down at the right hand of Satan, then that's what I'm going to do. And he invited other people to join him, sitting at the right hand of Satan. Yes, and this is Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America, mm-hmm. talking about sitting at the right hand of Satan. Yeah, my buddy Joe, who's an older gentleman, didn't believe me, and I showed him that quote or that clip. And that rocked his world. He said, I can't believe that. He's the mm-hmm. most trusted man in America. Mm-hmm. I watched, I grew up watching him in the 60s mm-hmm. and the 50s. And, you know. Now, there's one other thing he's very, very proud of, too. Oh, yeah. What, he he plays the uh, voice, or he did, not now, mm-hmm. but he was the voice of the owl, the owl god at Bohemian Grove during the cremation of care. Yes. He was a very proud Bohemian Grove member mm-hmm. with he, all the he was wealthy very and powerful. prominent about that. Right. Very, so here he was, the trusted man in America, watching over as a watchdog over these elected officials to mm-hmm. be able to tell the public what's really going on objectively. Meanwhile, for a couple of weeks every year, he's out getting drunk with a bunch of other guys. And possibly engaging in illicit relationships with said According gentleman. to who, uh, what according stories to, you read from. Yeah. Uh, according to Richard Nixon. Well, I have I have several articles. Uh, one of them I recommend people look up. It's... it's uh, from a uh, actually a well-known magazine called Spy Magazine, which is actually a very oh. respected magazine by Philip Weiss. 
I wondered if you were going to uh, get into that. Masters of the Universe go to camp inside the Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. And he talks about seeing Walter Cronkite there. And, and they would do these kind of things that were really, like really off-color, like, like you'd like, see in a fraternity or something. Well, can you, you know? give us a, a, a G-rated? No, I, I can't quite, other than they would do things that had sexual ref- or overt sexual references or just potty humor, basically. It was wow. nonstop potty humor. and But he would participate in it along with... Uh, um, Kissinger was another one who always mm-hmm. popped up. He liked to be one of the guys. He would show yeah. up. They, play, they had these plays where men would dress up like women, and they'd play all the women's parts, and they would come mm-hmm. in and say something really dirty, and they'd all laugh. But uh, this is something that we talk about the elite of our society that have total contempt for the pu- for the public. They have their own ways of how they want to run society, mm-hmm. and that is really the place where they... Revel in it. Well, you might want to, uh, listeners listening to this, you might want to check out, of course, uh, um, there's two videos. There's Dark Secrets in Bohemian Grove and then The Order of Death, uh, mm-hmm. uh, both documentaries revealing you know, a lot of the stuff that's went on there in Bohemian Grove. Uh, I think the latter one even has much more footage of actually what went on. Where people snuck in, Alex yeah. Jones and a British uh, documentary team, they snuck in and actually had cameras and shot the footage mm-hmm. of them in robes with the torches. They're inviting the spirit of the owl to come into the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a, a mock sacrifice of this mock human there. Yeah. Now, it's funny, and in, in, this would be something for a whole show. But in the research that I've done on this, because I really think Bohemian Grove is an illustration of Revelation 18 about the kings of the earth and the great merchants of the earth coming together, doing their sorcery to deceive the nations of the earth. Well, that's interesting because uh, one of the things we talk about coming back from the periodic mm-hmm. conference is my opinion that uh, you know sp- spiritual stuff tends to have a geographical aspect to it, mm-hmm. and all these people doing this huge ceremony. Uh, could very well be unleashing some sort of spiritual apathy on the nation, and or has been for right, generations. Right, right. You know, there's there seems to be a, a very rough correlation between when Bohemian re- Bohemian Grove really got going, mm-hmm. and uh, this our sort of downward slide from, you know, uh, it started at the Gilded Age back in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. It took off after that. It had another big step up 1913, mm-hmm. uh, time the Federal Reserve started, mm-hmm. and in 1929 was one of the big years. They added additional stuff to the cremation of care. Yeah. The time on the stock market followed. It's gone strong since then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, the articles that I read from, from well-respected reporters, a few that have got in there, the, a gentleman from Vanity Fair got in last year, but he didn't stay. They just started the cremation of care when they drug him off. Uh. But uh, this one from Spy Magazine that was in there that's, uh, again, a well-respected magazine at the time, he was there for the whole thing. And he saw, like, Ronald Reagan when he was there wow. uh, participating in all of it and a bunch of other very famous figures. Uh, you know, the head of General Motors stays at this place and other ones. And he just saw there. I witnessed um, wow. you know, all the top bankers, the top industrials, but the media people, the very media people who are supposed to uh, be at distance from these people so they can critique on behalf of the public interest what they're doing, they're cavorting with these people. Maybe and that's they said why. they just stay drunk. They just stay, they, there's always a drink in their hand. Everybody nonstop. Well, I don't know they if pass out in the weeds. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's interesting you mentioned that all those key media people were there. Are you familiar with Mark Dice, the pastor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of what he, part of his ministry has been calling up uh, various big talk shows and saying, I'd like to discuss Bohemian Grove and they, Mm-hmm. They yell at him and call him names and hang yeah. up on him and tell the tell the audience it doesn't exist and it's stupid to believe in it and 
you know, and mm-hmm. here we have these documentaries showing right. that. So, and the interview with uh, David Gergen, who's a oh, yeah. well-respected uh, uh, advisor in the White House for both Clinton and Bush, who who asked him on the street in front of the camera, "Hey, I saw you at Bohemian Grove." I, uh, last week, and he's like, yeah, yeah, how are you doing? That was great, wasn't it? And then he starts asking questions about worshiping the big stone owl, you mm-hmm. know, in front of the clothes. And he says, who told, who gave you permission to talk about that? Yeah. Right there on camera. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I, he said, uh, you took an oath or something. You, you yeah. made an oath of discretion, and I disrespect you for breaking it. He's right, like, right. Like, no, nah, I just an oath of secrecy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what they're all about, secrecy. And the Bible in Revelation 18 says they're there to deceive the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's exactly what I believe that they're doing there. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, people in the sound of my voice, pastors in the sound of my voice, very well may be going to a uh, uh, a conference on how to sort of polish their, their, their sermoning. And one of these speakers, uh, this whole thing is being done by digital satellites. They have mm-hmm. different locations. But one of the speakers at this large conference is none other than Tony Blair, uh, who, of course, That's you know, right. we reviewed as, right. uh, uh, you know. Complete pagan. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he participated in the Mayan rebirthing ceremony, and he, uh, uh, by his own admission, gets possessed most days by a spirit of light when he wakes up in the morning. A spirit he calls light. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his wife, uh, you know, is really into witchcraft and, mm-hmm. and other sundry right. occult right. things. Right. These are our leaders that we have. Now, remember, the, also the media figures who were listened to at night on the news, who are telling us the way things are, mm-hmm. are participating in these same activities. Yes. So, Wolf Guarding Hen House. Since I mentioned, uh, I'm, I know our time's getting away, can I do just a little quick thing on some other part of Walter Cronkite? So yeah. we can well, we didn't, we didn't cover any news stories, but I think we covered a whole bunch of news. Well, I so. thought that was very I, important. Yeah, I think I mean, so too. it's not every week Walter Cronkite, the, the voice of the yeah. Bohemian Grove Owl dies. Yeah, I know. It's not every week. Let me just mention you something else, and this came out of InfoWars, uh, another aspect of Walter Cronkite. Uh, a, a, a quote uh, from Mr. McManus, Sean McManus of, H- of CBS News says, It's an impossible to imagine CBS News, journalism, or indeed America without Cron- Walter Cronkite. Uh, as the president of CBS News, he said on the, his passing of Walter Cronkite, more than just the best and most trusted anchor in history, he guided America through our crises, tragedies, and our victories and greatest moments. Working for scratch. And here's what the article, Kurt Nemo says. He says, I wonder if Mr. McManus knew the real Cronkite. Cronkite, the former intelligence officer who was lured away from his UPI Moscow desk by Operation Mockingbird's Phil Graham. Of course he did, because the corporate media, at least at the level Cronkite occupied, is rife with spooks, government agents, and disinfo operatives. The CIA has important assets inside every major news publication in the country, a fact established by numerous Freedom of Information Act documents. Well, they've, they've gone so far as to even admit that. They said that they, they dispatched various moles in... in into the you know TV news to uh, sell the war. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was another story we yeah. covered, and that's a recent project. A recent project yeah. to get retired military yes. people on TV. Mm-hmm. They were given marching orders to promote the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says uh, a rare glimpse was also provided by Frank Church's committee in the mid 70s. Some of the journalists working the CIA's side of the street were Pulitzer Prize winners, distinguished reporters who considered themselves ambassadors without portfolio for their country. Mm. Uh, Carl uh, Bernstein wrote in an article published in Rolling Stone in October 1977, most were less exalted. Foreign correspondents who found their association with the agency helped their work. 
stringers and freelancers who were interested in the daring do of the spy business as they were in filing articles, and the smallest category, full-time CIA employees masquerading as journalists abroad. It was not until 1982 that the agency openly admitted that reporters on the CIA payroll have acted as case officers to agents in the field, writes Alex Constantine in The Depraved Spies and Moguls of the CIA's Operation Mockingbird. Hmm, That's interesting because so often we see people, journalists getting picked up in foreign countries, Mm -hmm. and one of the typical charges by the terrorists is they work for the CIA. And we all say, oh, that can't be. It's just those evil guys picking up how they've... Who knows how true that is? Yeah, that's, Who knows? that's really sad because yeah. I'm sure there are that's people that are probably innocent and they're getting... That's right, because a know. few of them they've done in there. So our government is complicit to put those other people in danger, Yes, the innocent. It says most consumers of the corporate media were and are unaware of the effect that the salting of public opinion has on their own beliefs. In the 1950s, outlay for global propaganda climbed to a full third of the CIA's covert operations budget. Wow. Some 3,000 salaried and contract CIA employees were eventually engaged in propaganda efforts. The cost of disinforming the world cost American taxpayers an estimated $265 million a year by 1978, a budget larger than the combined expenditures of Reuters, UPI, and AB, AP news syndicates. It says Concrete was a trusted and valued part. Yeah, just think of that. A, a valued part of the huge mass propaganda effort. Con, Con, uh, Cronkite betrayed his kindly and fatherly demeanor in 1999. And here, here's what you read here. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he accepted the Norman Cousins Global Governance Award uh, at the ceremony at the United Nations. Uh, he says, uh, it, it seems uh, to many of us that if we were to avoid the eventual catastrophic world conflict, we must strengthen the United Nations as a first step toward a world government pattern after our own government with a legislature, executive, and judiciary, uh, and police uh, to enforce its international laws and keep the peace. To do that, of course, we Americans will have to yield up some of our sovereignty. That would be a bitter pill. It would take a lot of courage, a lot of faith in the new order. But the American colonies did it once and brought forth one of the most nearly perfect unions the world has ever seen. Uh, it is said Cronkite somehow spoke to the nation, or spoke for the nation he spoke to, according to the L.A. Times. Mm-hmm. When, when in fact, like all corporate media figures, Cronkite was reading from a script provided by the CIA at the behest of the ruling elite. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. No surprises for me, but I'm sure there might be one or two shockers out there for, especially our drive time audience. Are you working for the CIA? Um, Are you a if, plant? If I am, I haven't yet received a check. Well, for uh, this very powerful, time to get a <laughs> this very powerful news outlet, I'm fear that we're suspect of that. You know, because all yeah. the money that flows through here. Well, you know, I, probably Pyro is, you know, uh, that little chip that he's got. Yeah, back. that's true. That's true. Beep 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 beep. Yeah. He's probably sending it. You know, um, this is just another reason that I recommend all of our listeners go to as many. Independent news sources, as you can find, mm-hmm. ones that don't have a big financial agenda that you can tell. Hear from a whole bunch of them before you even begin to form an opinion based upon things going on around you. You know, uh, Robert Hyde said once, you know, we need to sort of cut down on our listening and do more thinking because the data we get is not always very reliable. Yes. And so start thinking about what the Bible has to say and what you know is right and common sense. Before you start accepting even your yeah, own government get telling outside you things. Of, get, get outside of, and they've almost become creeds now, really. You know, so many of the, the thinking that is foisted upon uh, mainstream evangelical thought. And it's, mm-hmm. it's sad. I don't know. I don't, From the top down. Yeah, I don't know how, any, how else to say that any more delicately without 
Okay. Getting angry. Well, we've got about five minutes left. You got a story you want? Yeah. Do you want to hear about the um, the uh, uh, um, the mayors and the uh, the rabbis involved in the high volume money laundering and uh, illegal organ selling ring, or do you want to hear about um, the Federation for World Peace, or do you want to hear about billions to die under Codex Elementarius? Uh, billions to die, that's too boring. Tell us about the uh, organ. Yeah, the so. feds, yeah. yeah. Uh, this came from NBC New York. Four and a half minutes. Yep. Uh, the mayors of Hoboken and Secaucus were among scores of people arrested in early morning raids across New Jersey this morning as federal officials unveiled a long-ranging probe into public corruption and international money laundering, officials say. FBI and IRS rounded up scores of elected officials and several rabbis across the street in what is being described as one of the biggest investigations of its kind in New Jersey's scandal-plagued history. It appears to be a corruption-related investigation, but Justice Department and FBI spokesmen would only say that corruption involved a high-volume international money laundering conspiracy. It is said to involve rabbis in the Syrian Jewish enclave in Brooklyn and Deal, New Jersey. The probe is said to have started when money transfers drew the interests of the feds who followed the trail back to small-town Jersey corruption. Among those arrested this morning were Assembly, Assemblyman Dan Van Pelt, uh, Jersey City Deputy Mayor Leona Baldini, Hoboken Mayor Peter Camerano, and Secaucus Mayor Dennis Elwell, all Democrats, authorities said. Several area rabbis and other community leaders and politicians, including New Jersey City Council President Mariano Vega, were brought into custody in connection with this case. Officials say separate from the corruption probe, some of the suspects charged today were also connected to an illegal human organ selling ring. <laughs> Come mm-hmm. on. How crazy. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, this is rabbis doing this. Yeah. Rabbis doing this. And it could have been ministers or, you know, yeah. anybody else. Well, I'm just, I'm just all fired up because I've the last few weeks I've been investigating who the children of Abraham are, mm. you know. And the yeah, whole, it's another kettle of fish. Yeah, the whole tie-in between that and, uh, you know, Elijah coming. You know, we had this discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, I, right. we'll get on. We'll get on, I'll get all fired up and then we'll waste the last 30 seconds that I have. Investigators say some charged would take cash payments to help find organs for sick patients in need of transplants. It's unclear where the body parts might have come from or how many surgeries may have been done. Mm-hmm. Right. So the body parts scheme involved kidney transplants, authorities said. Pages in need would pay middlemen to find willing donors in Israel. Investigators said the suspects would then have the donor and patient lie to hospitals that they were related. Hospitals would then do this operation unaware that cash payments were part of the deal. Officials say Robert Wood Johnson Hospital in New Brunswick and John Hopkins in Baltimore were allegedly contacted by the suspects for these procedures. Hmm. Pretty, uh, pretty pathetic, really. Well, I'm assuming that is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Well, they said uh, here they... Uh, they're they're given they're given some thrown out some monetary mm-hmm. things. I had 25 million from one bank, 20 million from another. Uh, that Snooky deal. I gave 20 million to another bank. I took five million. I sent it offshore. Uh, you know, and this is just one guy mm-hmm. in. You know. You know, we focus a lot on the big top national figures mm-hmm. uh, as being the, uh, you know, the bad guys, and we forget that. Bad stuff happens in our local communities, state government, local government, mm-hmm. uh, other local officials that are involved with it. Yeah. You know, um, corruption is not just at the top. It makes its way down. Yes. And, you know, it seems like I remember when we did the show on human trafficking, that aren't there something like 300,000 children that disappear? 
Yeah, there's every year. Yeah, they're saying like I, I and I'd have to go back and check, but I think she said they're close to half a million kids that are you know essentially sex slaves here in this country. Well, half a million. Yeah. Okay. That's terrible. And then they say like three hundred thousand disappear every year. Some of which may go into that. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows about organ harvesting? Who knows? You know, sent out of the country. Yeah. Who knows what's going on? You know, when we had our show with with Trevor Paglin recently about. These innocuous businesses in our communities that mm-hmm. are actually fronts for the CIA to smuggle people out. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the CIA doing all that kind of stuff. We have other... Not, not, it's not like I'm trying to make everybody paranoid out there. And, and maybe it is. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> maybe it is. But uh, don't ever believe anything looks like what it seems. Yeah. Well... You, know, you have one sure word, and that is the word of God. Yeah. Everything, everything else, else verify. Shades of, shades of different, indifferent to lie, mm-hmm. you know? And the Bible says in the last days, and in fact, if this is indeed the last days, that deception will wax great and that it will be almost possible to deceive the elect. It is going to be so 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 subversive. Well, the deception has definitely waxed great. Mm-hmm. This is one of the... That's If there was a theme of future quakes... Yeah, a lot of waxing. There's a lot of wax. Well, speaking of subversives, Meg, uh, Meg, Merv needs to come in and tell our listeners how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. That's the end of the road, buddy. All right. I know we had a lot more stories, but we we say what needs to be said, I think. No, I I think it was good. We didn't read anything Mm -hmm. specifically that Mm -hmm. first 15 minutes, but it was all very Mm -hmm. good information. More great shows coming up in the days ahead, but until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a great day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake.